No, that didn't happen. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Welcome to Planet Rage, the intersection of insanity and madness. Here are your hosts, Larry Blydner and Darren O'Neill. Hey, Larry, it's episode, what, 117? Damn. 117, that's a good number. You got ones, you got sevens, it's elevens, you got seven come eleven. Isn't that something with crap, seven come eleven? I believe it is. I was never a shooter myself, but... uh... Uh, it was always the uh, the usually the only place in a casino floor where you were almost always guaranteed a live wire crowd. It was around a craps table. Not and half so the much. people had no idea why they wanted them to roll what they wanted to roll. Exactly. Yeah. But there was always good energy there as opposed to like blackjack is like watching paint dry, you know, um, get a little something in roulette. But m- most of the other ones are like, yeah, but craps is like there's action there, I guess. I never played. It builds up. There's an excitement. Yeah. Mm hmm. Now you just have sports betting. Everybody wants you to sports bet. I guess so. Although it's been less, I don't know, off to watch because of the NASCAR season, which is the only sports I really watch regularly, is now split up. The first part of the season is covered by Fox, and then the second half is covered by NBC. So maybe we'll see which one's spewing more of the gambling stuff. Yeah, and exhaust. <laughs> Here in Chicago, though, we had a, uh, this was from NBC, I believe. Chicago saw a violent weekend with at least 15 shootings reported since Friday afternoon. Okay. This, according to the Chicago PD, at least 24 people were shot, four of them fatally. And mm. at least two, as of this point, are classifying as mass shootings. But did you see them on CNN? Did you see them on MSNBC? No, I didn't. But I don't have a TV, so. Well, that makes uh, To be fair, that will make it harder for you to see those things. Yes. You're not missing anything. Oh, I know that. Yeah. The mainstream <laughs> media continues to but fall. Was one of them that I did see a video um, somewhere of a guy trying to uh, smash and grab in the jewelry district in Chicago. Did you see that one? No. Are they finally fighting? Well, I would assume some of those guys have always been fighting back. I would guess, but this, this dude is, he's loitering, you know, it's, it, it looked remarkably just like the jewelry district in, uh, in LA, you know, this big, big, big store with all these guys with the glass, you know, counters. And so anyway, there's this dude in there. He's got a, he's got a very bright red hoodie on. So he doesn't look too conspicuous. Well, a lot <laughs> easier to shoot if you're in a bright red yeah, hoodie. Exactly. Right. Shoot me. Here's my, so he's cruising around. And then just when he gets to the door, it was a weird thing. Usually when you see videos of those, the guy whips out like a masonry hammer or something, right? Boom, boom. On the top of the, uh, the glass. Right of the display case but this guy he's punching it on the side with his fist now if he had something in his fist i couldn't see but that's what he's doing it's like who the fuck do you think you are the hulk you know not even a good jewelry heist then exactly so he's wailing away giving it uh, right uh, uh, belly shots 
And then uh, one of the dudes behind the counter, the owners, pulls a, a semi-auto and puts a round in him. Boom. And I imagine he's going to be in some trouble because from my perspective, it looked like he did kind of shoot him in the back. <laughs> right. So, the, so then the fucking guy hauls ass out. He's right at the door. He drops his goodie bag, right? Runs out in the street, falls in the street. I thought, oh, maybe he, he you know, clipped him in the spine or something, you know, because he went down. But no, he just stumbled, right? And he remembers, oh, I forgot something. And when he goes back? <laughs> goes back in, grabs the fucking bag. And then sprints. I mean, he looked like a pretty beefy dude, but he was moving like a gazelle. I mean, he was really moving. He runs up the steps to the elevated train and disappears. And the announcer said he was later treated in, uh, you know, for, he was captured by cops, treated for for gunshot wound, but is in stable condition. So there. Yeah, that sounds like Chicago. Yeah. Look, and it looked just every fucking bit as gloomy and depressing as uh, New York's main streets. You know, God. Yeah, I think there's very little difference at this point because yeah, they may be different names, but they are the same types of district attorneys. Oh yeah, when you sure. won't put people in jail, mm. at that point, you know, I know people have had arguments like, well, then who do you blame if you have, and we go all the way up to the governor of the state, then the mayor right. of the city. And the DA, and if their policies are that they're not going to put the violent criminals behind bars, can you actually at that point blame the police who go, well, I'm not risking my life to apprehend them because they're not going to be tried anyway. No, you can't. You know, people are like, well, the police should still do it because it's their job. It's like, yeah, but it's not anymore because this is a chain that if the way if their part is fine, but up the chain is broken, well, then what point is it yeah. to bring these guys in or gals? Now, what's the name of your mayor again there? there. Brandon Johnson here in Chicago. Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, right. It's literally, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> well, you know, there was some controversy. I think they, I think they might have mentioned it on No Agenda a couple of weeks back um, about his constituents were all pissed off at him because he didn't go on a junket to visit the border right 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 and his answer was well i got a family and i'm busy and uh, you know, it's like but but i'm thinking wait a minute you fucking idiot constituents why why does he need to go to the border all he's got to do is look around his own fucking city there's the result of the open border i mean this is how insane and stupid america's become yeah and what he said was a little bit more uh, strange which was, I have a black wife and black yes. children. It's not even just yes. I what have a difference white. does that make? Yeah, it's like, wait, are black wives and black children, are they way harder to deal with than white wives what? and white children? Right. I don't know. What does that mean? I don't know. I think he was trying to virtue signal. I don't know if it came across correctly or not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he can do going down to look at the border because there's no question that the border is porous at this point. Yeah. I mean, all of them, when I, whenever I see this fact finding shit, you know, you know, they're spending like 45 minutes at the border um, for the photo ops. And then it's off to some, you know, five star restaurant in Dallas before they head back to wherever the fuck they live. You know, it's just such bullshit. I think the best they could hope to do at this point would be to communicate with the folks in Texas, Arizona, anybody that's sending the migrants throughout the country. Maybe you talk to them and be like, hey, you know what? I'm making my case why I can't handle anymore. And I understand 
that made we don't. Do, by the way, Darren, we don't. We don't call them migrants. We, we call them call ill, them not criminal, even illegal criminal, criminal aliens. aliens. Thank you, thank you, fabulous Ryan Bemrose. Criminal aliens. Criminal aliens. That uh, maybe they make the case that okay, we get it. You've sent us a bunch. We've got a lot. We're trying to work through this. And, you know, I would think they would all because the left is a bunch of snakes. I would think they would all start turning on themselves. Like, hey, you know what? You haven't sent enough to Baltimore yet. <laughs> Come on, yeah. St. Louis, right. St. Louis, get those numbers great. up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Chicago's like, hey, I'll give you, you know, I'll buy you a nice, what do you want? Some wine? You want a nice dinner? I'll take you out. Just don't send me yeah. any of these uh, criminal aliens for six months. Okay. Let me, let me work on this. And these are the kind of deals that maybe are, you know, that's fine if they want to make those deals. Sounds good. Yeah. You know, Cause they've just have to understand going down to the border, Mayor Johnson of Chicago, what maybe you will learn is that the mayors and the governor in Texas have things a little bit worse than you do. Yes, they do. So maybe it would be good. Everybody, if you're a mayor of a sanctuary city, maybe this should be required. Go down to the border. Take a class on what's going on. Mm. Maybe yeah. learn something. Maybe. Although I would doubt they would. I doubt it. Because it's just insanity. It. I mean, nobody's questioning this. And now the Biden, I don't even know. I didn't see that Biden ever sign an executive order. Like, oh, we're going to stop this now. No, because he was supposed to over like the end of last week. I don't know how you do, though. Yeah, but I thought it was it was a stalemate over the border bill. And right. That was killed. It was DOA. So and then he said, well, I don't have to. He can claim he can point the finger at the uh, MAGA extremists or is that bimbo on uh, the other thing called <laughs> extremists? And by the way, I haven't, exp- I, you know, there's so much crossover in, of, in, of uh, audience here that I, I kind of feel safe in making referrals to it because I figure most people are probably listening to both shows, right? To this one and that other little show called No Agenda. That other little thing. Yeah, with those two guys. What are their names again? Yeah, um, their names escape so, me at the moment. Yeah, what? So, but they they had some some pinhead uh, on some TV show, and she kept pronouncing the world the word extremist as extremist. Correct. And they were trying to figure out why she did that. I know why she did that because she probably heard some Brit, some limey, say it that way, <laughs> and she thought it was sounded more sophisticated and erudite. So she's going to call him extremist. She's a fucking pinhead. It does sound better. I mean, I'll, I will give you that. I don't understand why they put Brits in a lot of these uh, particular jobs for the American news agencies, but they do sound, they do sound a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think any different sounding accent, as long as you can understand what the person is saying, for some reason, you give it an extra air of like, oh, they must know what they're talking about. They're sophisticated. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Americans have always thought, I mean, they just, anything that comes through a British lips with that accent, they automatically assume must be better, smarter, sleeker, cooler, whatever. Really, you know. And for a while, we assumed because uh, England had been there for so long that they knew what they were doing. And now you look at them and go, whoa. Well, maybe they did. They walked away from this continent. So True. True. They're like... (laughs) You ask, you ask, keep it fucking keep it you ask people here like who did we go to war with in the 1700s and they're like i don't know yeah. iowa yeah it's like they're kind of insane but i kind see of. Got, i mean we we can hit strong since we're talking about criminal aliens i mean if you have a lobita clip on criminal you want to come in hot with scott i mean i don't know any better way to go i i can't think of one um this needs almost no setup other than i will say this 
we've had, you know, Scott's been riding along with us now for a couple of years, 117 episodes. I don't think we've had one without him. I hope not. He's really kind of a third uh, host. <laughs> I guess you could say. Just wait for him to come looking for money now, Larry. He's like, well, no, no, no. It's not happening, Scott. (laughs) Episode 117. You said I was the third host. Now, what do you mean you're not paying me any of that money that you're making, you son of a bitch? Okay. Will you cut him a check for $1.98, Darren? Sure. I'll send you the rest. So we'll be all all squared away with Scott. Um, But, you know, we've heard him many times, and he can get pretty fired up. I got to say, this is he's he's actually in the red zone. I mean, he, he's nuclear his rage here. I don't. And you tell me because you got great ears. It, it might be the absolute peak of his fucking uh, chagrin at what's going on. Sorry, I got to give some tough love. You know, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make things right. I'm here to teach you people. Do you have any concept I know you do. That's the fucked up thing. I know you know how fucked up this illegal alien invasion is. Forget about this country, but in this fucking city, New, this once great city, New York, it's fucked. They're giving these illegal aliens $10,000 cash and these credit cards and three beautiful meals a day in fancy hotels that me and you would never, ever be able to afford. They come in and they change their sheets and their pillowcases every fucking day. As everybody in the street walks over our homeless fucking veterans and our own fucking homeless people. And what do these illegal aliens do to thank us? They beat the fuck out of cops and little old ladies. And they go like this in your fucking face and you're paying for all of it. Well, what do we do? Fuck you. I, we... Shut down three fucking shelters in Staten Island. More than any other fucking place in this fucking city. How how did you? You know how I did it. You follow me. It's very simple. You put pressure on the politicians you put in office. You get a couple of good lawyers. And most important is your fat fucking lazy ass. Yeah, we sit there, bitch. What do we do? How do we? And you stay in fucking underwear because you haven't moved off that fucking chair in weeks. <laughs> we get out there in mass, not violently, but fucking hell freezes over angrily and loud and in mass. That's how it works. It just happened last night. The city, the mayor was going to put these illegal aliens in another fancy fucking place. And then the people in the community got out in the street and were loud and they were fucking heard. And the mayor backed down. Do you see how it works? You could also vote, but eh, 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 my vote, it was too cold last week and snowing. Eh, uh, my vote don't count. That's why we lost the seat in Queens to the fucking Democrats. Do you understand how pissed off I am at you? I am fucking tired. You don't know how tired I am. Please, fight like it's the last day on your fucking earth. I would say that qualifies as a fairly riled up. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. And Mm -hmm. he is not wrong. No. That the overall populace has been placated by cell phones, whatever they're doing watching tiktok videos you yeah. know rather than 
getting out in the street and making a difference. I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, I heard the the sound, which I was just, I'm guessing he was doing the keyboard thing. There are a lot of keyboard warriors who think that, oh, I can post something on yeah. Twitter. I can post wherever, and that's going to do something. It's like, it is not. Yeah, correct. Your politicians <laughs> are not looking at your Twitter account. No, they don't give a shit. Now, if you and 10,000 of your favorite friends show up outside City Hall. Yes. Then they see you. Mm hmm. And this is the other trap is, you know, Donald Trump had to be very clear. Do not do anything violent. Right. Because the minute you do that, then your side loses. Cause they'll be like, oh, no, these are just extremists that don't want these criminal aliens in their area. Extremists. Criminal alien extremists. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that what we have going now? Extremist. <laughs> Extremist. I need to uh, need to work on that. But this is it. It is. Yeah. People have become totally numb to how the system works. They do not want to do anything that seems like work. They just figure somebody else is going to do it. And this is, I think we're seeing this, that some parents are finally waking up where for years it was like, well, I don't need to worry about my kids' education because we have schools, we have teachers. They're the sure. ones that are doing it. So I don't have to worry about that. We also have yeah. a lot of people who feel like, well, you know, we've got politicians. They'll take care. I don't need to worry about what's going on. Well, I, th I think Scott reached peak rage there for uh, some, some reasons that he's not articulating. And my theory is that anybody who had the brains and the wherewithal to get the fuck out of New York has already fled. So there's a very few diehards like Scott and others that missed that opportunity. They can still get it, I guess. But I think his rage is because he realizes he's probably pissing up a rope that, that the, the you know, look who the, Eric Adams was elected by quite right. a margin. Kathy Hochul, all these douchebags. Um, we're put in office. So, yeah, maybe people said, well, it's too cold. I don't want to vote. But maybe there just weren't enough of them to go out and vote. And that's why you're stuck with this shit. That's, you know, I think that's why he's enraged, because it's it's kind of uh, it's I think it's probably in New York a lost cause. I mean, the last right. time there was a there was a, a Republican win in anywhere in New York was uh, both Reagan's elections in 80 and 84. I think it was. Yes. Or was it 70, whatever the, yeah, I think it was 80. And, I mean, the, yeah. I, I don't even know if you can point. I mean, I understand his rage. I understand why he's pointing to it, but that election in Long Island is not an average one. This was the guy that won had held that seat just two years ago. And he was on, I think I've mentioned before, he was on Bill O'Reilly's show for 10, 15 minutes. And at least the things he was saying, and O'Reilly's usually pretty up on this, especially since that was his district. He was not the far left liberal. So if you're actually a conservative kind of Democrat, then they're still going to win because they're unfortunately the woman that was running up against him was um, I think she was Israeli, but she was hard to understand. And I think that is death for people yeah. now in this country it's like if you are not an eloquent speaker it's going to be very hard to drum up the kind of support you need to win and never use a word more than two syllables 
Great. Really? You know, this is, uh, <laughs> although for I me, mean, for the people, the constituents you're going for, maybe one syllable should be the. Yes. And some grunts. Uh-huh. Me do good for you. Give free money. Uh. Yeah. Really, oh, that'll do. I like That's free a money. a platform. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I, but I get yeah. where he's coming from because the situation that you have now, and we were making fun of it because of uh, what Tina, you know, from the Bronx said. Yes. That, oh, no, sign up. You know, hey, if you really believe that we should allow all of these people unfettered over the border, then you sign up and you take them into your home. Right. The fact that that's kind of becoming a thing is scary. What What's coming a thing? The, the sign-up sheets or people actually being welcomed into homes? Well, that seems like that may be uh, something cities are actually going to start to try to do. Like, well... Oh, yeah. And I think the success rate is going to be abysmal. I saw a report somewhere of uh, some asshole saying, oh, yeah, we've just, we, we, you know, we repainted our bedroom and we're welcoming whoever the fuck it is from, you know, the, you know, some, some other hemisphere. And I think that I think they probably had to search far and wide to find that one guy. And you know what? They need to do a follow up six, eight, ten months out. See if he's still happy with his tenant. Well, this will be the question, although. I know that a lot of people who had been renting out their homes on VRBO and other Airbnb, those kind of things. Yeah. A lot of municipalities, including the one I'm in, are very uh, finally catching up, I would guess. I wouldn't say very quickly because they've been around for a long time, but they're catching up on these things and they are passing laws about being able to rent your home for short periods of time. I mean, there's a lot of questions on, are you really, do you own your home if you can't decide to do that? But let me, let's forget about that for a minute right? and understand the reality is a lot more red tape is coming out for these folks. So it's becoming harder to rent those homes to your fellow citizens. But I mean, if, what if the government wanted to rent that home from you? Right. I can see this being a massive windfall for anybody that's got you know, a few sheds in your, you might want to build a few sheds in the backyard, people. Sure. And get sure. them to quickly qualify as tiny homes on your property. There you go. Yeah. Then you can just have a little community do that. You can. Uh, yeah. I don't understand why. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I've never seen anything where people are suggesting here in Chicago. I'm betting New York's the same way. There is a lot of empty office space because of all the companies that left the pandemic, starting all the work at home. I've never heard. Why don't we put the criminal aliens into these office spaces? Why don't we start subdividing them up into little apartment type? And they're not even, it doesn't even have to be apartment type things. It's like, go like the Japanese style of, well, everybody share, you know, every 30 people share a bathroom and you just put them into a cubicle. That's big enough to put a cot. Yeah, well, how about the hundreds or if not thousands of abandoned malls around the country? It's easy conversions for those too. Yeah. yeah. And that way, so. that way, if the, for the ones like here in Chicago, where the once grand water tower place was seven or eight stories of shopping excitement, they're closing all but like three of those. The other four or five as you go up. So you'll have the first three levels will still be the shopping mall. Yeah. But going up from there, they're trying to now rent that space 
for doctor's offices, and I'm sure they'll probably do apartment type things. The great thing for migrant housing would be the mall is right in the same building, so you can go steal what you need. There you go. Don't even have to leave the building. I still prefer the mass deportation solution. Really? Well, that see, that would work best, which is, you know, I, I see the meme, which I rarely think memes are all that interesting, but the one that says, all of these migrants who are supposed to be making our country so great, how come they didn't make their old country great? like well now that's a valid question yes it is that is a valid question which is also why the system that has been legally in place for years would give you know i know this is not dei because it gave preferential treatment to if somebody wanted to come in and migrate here and they were a top neurosurgeon you're like huh maybe we could use somebody that does that well, it worked like that until uh, Teddy Kennedy came along with his uh, his immigration reform, and uh, he he's the one that's really responsible for this because up until that's the way it was perceived until then. He would be like, you know, long time ago it was, oh, you're a you're a neurosurgeon from Stockholm or uh, whatever the hell you know, someplace that's got anywhere in the world. But you, if you bring something to the party, you have a skill um, that might be uh, useful. Come on in. And then Teddy said, no, fuck that. Um, we don't care what anybody, we're just going to do quotas. Racial quota. Kennedy was a racist. Decided, oh, no, it has to be this, some, so many people from this place, that place, of this color, that color. And it, no, nothing else mattered. Just, just you know, make it, make it diverse. So you, you have go. to check the right boxes. Yeah. He was, he was the guy that engineered all this a long time ago. And you can see exactly where it's going. Yeah. It's not working out. It is not working out, but everybody wants to ignore the people that are like open borders, open borders are the ones that want to ignore that there are only so many resources within the borders of this country. They're the same ones that will tell us we're running out of fossil fuels and we have to get rid of, but you know, we're going to just keep bringing more people in, right? We're going to keep bringing people in that will need more resources, but you know, we're running out of, and we want to use less resources. Hmm. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. No. Now, before we get to uh, us blasting Keith Overman later in the show, which is always fun. <laughs> Tell me somebody else is blasting Keith. I know it's I mean, and this was funny because I got a uh, message from our buddy Srini. Mm. And he's like, oh, this Megan Kelly eviscerating Keith Overman. You know, this mm. is this would be great for the show. And I'm like, I think i've seen that before so i did a quick search i'm like hey we did that on like episode 71 yeah that sounded familiar yeah and i'm like not that it wasn't worth revisiting but guess what just within the last three days megan kelly was at it again oh really hmm. she would be perfect for this job right here i think she would be great on yeah. planet rage yes because I have someone else for you to consider. Um, Katie Turr was over on MSNBC commenting on the Trump massive judgment from Judge Engron. And when the news broke, she was raising some questions about whether this number is fair, whether the verdict is fair, you know, like you might do if you were like a reporter just covering a story. Well, she used to date a testament to her terrible judgment, at least at one point in her life, Keith Olbermann. Oh and my like God. The, the Holy shit. No, I like the guy. That wow. I got to look her up right now. 
one of the guy like one of the guys in the uh, peanut gallery here that um it is the ruthless podcast host one of those guys that megan's talking to that was like keith oh she dated keith Overman. oh my god like that's just the shock and horror that anybody would date keith Overman. wow keith Olberman oh and like the, the complete prick that he is and has always been, he decided to go on his little podcast and react as follows. Now I do like this. She just calls it his little podcast too. His little podcast and a little prick, I think. Little prick, little, little podcast. Prick. Right. The double P's. Yes. Yeah. I got a text from her at 9 14 PM on December 11th, uh, 2016. This is called having the receipts. Trump had won, our nightmare had begun, and Katie had gotten a book deal about her experience. Then she switched topics. Quote, want to write this book? I wrote back at 532, what? You're not serious. How would that work? That's when she phoned. She was about to give the advance money back to the publisher. I can't write a book. I'm like 50,000 words short, and it's terrible. I'll give you half the money. I'll give you more than half the money. I pointed out to her that I had written or rewritten dozens of her stories for NBC News and MSNBC, and it was not a question of the money. It was a question of what we could get away with. Each time I wrote or rewrote in her name for NBC, it was a fireable offense for her, but one that nobody would ever think to look for. Now, I'm curious, just to stop this briefly. Yeah. If Keith writing while they were both working for NBC, if him writing or rewriting her scripts, would have gotten her fired would it not have gotten him fired as well was this like a one-way street kind of thing if you were question it's a great question yeah you know if the network is like hey as part of your gig you're the one that writes this and you're responsible for your words don't let anybody else do it uh, i don't understand why if it was caught then that he would have been yeah. clear and she would have been fired but it's so belittling to this woman <laughs> what he's doing mm. and the fact that they're going to point out that they lived together for like three years it just shows you the kind of person that little queasy is Keith is a bitch even though there is necessarily an email trail 10 miles long but a book a book about trump in my writing style not her stop right there no you have no style keith you suck you're a fucking (laughs) hack you can continue now well that's how you would know that uh it was keith's i could stick a pen up my ass and squat over a piece of paper and do better than keith fucking alberman he's awful someone actually in the troll room that's their name says (laughs) says <laughs> i don't really find megan's opinions interesting but i want her so bad <laughs> <laughs> she's got that snarky uh, thing going on that is uh that yeah. is somewhat attractive for a short relationship yeah i have a fairly distinct writing style i'm not good <laughs> at hiding it somebody would notice <laughs> such a bastard Wow. Such a bastard. He this isn't the first time he's done this to her. He continues to raise this story and other stories that he thinks will reflect badly on Katie Turr, who broke his heart or something, because he is a bitter, bitter man who oh continues God. to do this to his ex, who was his live-in love for I think a period of years. He's a sick person. I got an idea. Yeah, he should. He should write. He should co-write a song with Tay Tay. Maybe be great together. Right? Be, a, be a good breakup tune. Yeah, be a good breakup tune. I mean, he talks about his distinctive writing style. Yeah, it's it's, it's a special uh, italicies called asshole. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like that yeah. one too. 
good. Yeah. What do right. you call that Accurate. writing style, Keith? Yeah. A- asshole. Not not incorrect. That's what that's what it is. It's it's very distinctive. I just, unmistakable. I just feel bad for Keith that you know he's really scraping the bottom of the barrel for content for his show that he's digging up text messages oh, from girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from eight years ago. Jeez, what a sad little life. Oh, and by the way, what did she say that was so awful? Like, let's find out what set him off that he needed to go off on her. Like, let's listen to it. We actually have a cut. Watch. Yeah, I think this is fantastic too. So this they cut to the MSNBC. This is what she said that was so horrible that Keith uh, just had to show her, you know, what kind of a person she thinks she is. In the past, it has only been used to ban someone doing business when it's been shown that somebody was hurt. Is this fair to go after Donald Trump like this in this environment? Get get out of here. That's what set him off? Just a normal question. Are you you kidding me? That's the thing that set him off? No, this that's is it. I was waiting yes, for right? the, I was waiting for the two scholars she was asking the question. For. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm sure they were going to exonerate Trump in the next sentence. Let's take another yeah. look. Yes, you raise a good point. They jumped out at me too. He's this unmarried, no children, no friends, bitter, bitter man who just sits there and waits for the mildest of fair coverage to cast his meanest barbs at this former person with whom he lived for, count them, three years, fellas, three years. The moral of this story is do not date Keith Oberman. (laughs) You know, listening to that, um, Megyn Kelly is very now close to the top of the list. For women, I do not want to piss off right with Dame Slamey and the wife. There you go. I do not think you want to make Megan Kelly upset. Well, I think we ought to get Katie's uh, side of this and find out what was the uh, impetus for the big breakup. And three years is a pretty long time. Yeah, and really. What, the what's impetus, her side of the story? What was the impetus of going out with Keith Oberman in the first place? Well, clearly she has a vision problem. The, I know I do. Well, <laughs> the, the troll room was like, I, I thought Keith was gay. I mean, he certainly yeah. comes off that way at times. Not that there's anything wrong does, with yeah. that. No. But he has that certain persnicketiness that uh, I think you kind of relate to it. But this is where the media is at. This is where the far left is going to do. They're just going to keep on giving you the same old drivel. Yeah. And they're not really, even if you put evidence directly in front of somebody, it is meaningless they'll figure out a way to talk it away or just totally ignore it but i thought that was kind of interesting that it was we had especially with serini going back to that older clip and he's like we want to play this i'm like oh this is just as good thank you serini and this is up to date this is now we have to watch <laughs> i mean at least we know someone actually you now we're gonna have to put you on the uh on the Megan Kelly beat. So, I mean, you at least watch and let us know if anything yeah. is, uh, else is coming out. But I, I watched, she was on, uh, at CPAC and did a half hour that was fairly interesting, but the sound quality was horrible, but she talked about some things over there and I'm not sure if there's another clip of this anywhere. This, the one I saw was on YouTube that Forbes had put out. Mm-mm. And there was just a little bit of a hum and it wasn't clear. And the more I tried to clear it up, the worse it got. So I was Ew. like, yeah, 
So she was she was there commenting on CPAC. She wasn't a speaker, I take it. She was with another woman. I'm sorry, I'm not remembering her name, but they did about a half hour back and forth. And she, Megan Kelly said this was the first time she's ever speaking at CPAC because when she was working at Fox, they didn't want her doing it. Sure. Because, you know, they were fair and balanced and all. They didn't want you to. They didn't want you to know their host maybe leaned to one side. But I thought it was quite interesting. She was very vehement on the transport and the kids being transitioned early and how very much echoing what Scott Lobito said in the clip that you brought, which is people need to stand up and they need to have their voices heard and they need to do it now. Because we're down this. We're going down this rabbit hole. These things are already beginning. And if you don't do something about it, you know, everybody's always like, well, somebody else will do it. Sure. Voting, voting's the same way. So I was like, well, what do I need to vote for? Everybody else will do it. What yeah. do I need to run for school board? Everybody but else. It, yeah. But even the voting thing, it's like, you know, now, now that you got to think, I mean, there was definitely a tremendous amount of fuckery um, in that last election. And so I think a lot more people are going to say, well, why should I even bother? It's all rigged. You know, it all depends on how it was rigged, because if you understand and I think that while there may have been voting machine shenanigans, that has never been proven. Is it possible? Sure. What seems to be certain is that there was a lot of and I saw a far right person make the comment. I forget what her name was now. I watch too many clips that they were planning on doing the same thing in this upcoming election that the Democrats did in the last when you and I talked about it here to a pretty big extent, I believe the whole Zuckerbucks thing mm-hmm. with the ballot harvesting, which is technically legal, right? That the Democrats did that a lot. And there was probably enough to swing the election in the areas where that was done because it just wasn't something that the republicans did it's like you know what this is where it comes down to a street fight if you know that your opponent is playing that game where it's like well is it moral no but it's it's right within the rules so we can do it and it won't be illegal and it won't get the election thrown out then you need to do it if you want to win well yeah i mean i mean i guess i used the wrong word part you know partial partially it was it was rigged through skilled gaming of the system yeah mail-in ballots the emphasis on that the ballot harvesting yeah it made it uh, very easy for it to happen that way and i still haven't heard anybody say what has been done in the past four years to eliminate that shit almost nothing because of the fact that it is a state-by-state thing which i hate to even mention that because i think the worst possible solution would be federalize the elections because that would be bad you know then you only have one place that you can screw with everything so it's that one point of failure but something must have changed because forever i can remember is always mail-in ballots for were for military who were stationed overseas right right? and um, people even people who were traveling who were gonna or maybe on visa working you know in europe or south america something they would get a mail but everybody else you to drag your ass to a polling place and throw a lever Yes. When the fuck did that change? Well, yeah, because it was even if you were fairly infirm that you could drive up and have somebody bring you a ballot out. This was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was one day only. None of this early shit. 
early voting. I mean, there's some, I'm, I'm sure they're probably starting right now. Oh, they're a fucking candidate, but start vote, vote now and, and, and are early and often, as they say. Yeah, they are already with the, and I'm assuming maybe it's just the primaries, but the wife again, works for the government now mm-hmm. at village hall. And they had their first person that came in to complain yesterday, because I guess this is the first time the, I don't know if it's a sample ballot or whatever that they send out to everybody. You know, here's the voting information. Yeah. This is the first year they have it printed bilingually in Spanish and English. And there was one woman that was very upset about that. And I'm like, I don't, Mm. you know, I'm like, I can be, uh, I can be a son of a bitch and I can make arguments just for fun. Mm -hmm. I would like to believe that. If you're a voter, you can get the information you need in your language. And this woman said, you know, hey, nobody helped her. She was Italian. She said, I didn't Mm. speak English when I came to this country. And I get it. There's no ballots as far as I know in Italian. But at this point, with the technology that we have, I think you should be able to request. I mean, maybe they're all every one of them is English. And then there's the secondary one. If you request like, hey, I want one English, Spanish, I want one English italian Mm -hmm. i want one english whatever yeah i would rather have people understand what they're voting for rather than like well i don't want to print that in that language learn english it's like but they don't know english so what would you rather have an uninformed voter or somebody Mm -hmm. be able to print a little a few extra things on a document Mm -hmm. but it shows you people get mad at very strange stuff because I think we all understand there are some people that live in this country that English is not their first language and maybe they're not real good at English. I, I, I just said they're not real good at English. That's probably not even a good sentence there. See, I'm not even very good at it. And it's like, I don't have any problem with that. But yeah, watch all the early voting. Yeah. Understand that anything that is collected by somebody else, one, I think that should be illegal. But two, if not, then both sides need to do it. Yes, 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 yes. You know, you can't go, well, that side is doing it, but we don't think that's fair. It's like, well, then you're going to lose. Correct. You know, anybody that uses the phrase, the high road, needs a big kick in the ass. Voting needs more than CAPTCHA. See, Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just, I mean, hey, we know that's coming. Vote on your phone. You know that's coming. That oh, would be yeah. the the thing that the is. everybody that wants to ever has wanted to rig an election would love voting on the phone. Oh, they love that. Get the app, the app. Then we could just target somebody else's phone. We can take take yeah. your votes. You mentioned in one of the most recent elections, you went in and they're like, "No, Mister Blydner, you've already voted." Oh yeah, that was that was twenty sixteen. Like, Walked no to way. the polling place. They opened up that big fucking ledger. What's your name? Here it is. Finger goes down the page. You already voted. (laughs) No, I didn't. And I have zero belief that once that happens, they know how to find the ballot that the person who picked it up using your name and voted. Probably. You know, I know they give them a little thing and they're supposed to be able to figure it out by the number, but I. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That seems way too complicated. Yeah. And then in the last election, um, our, my home, which at most had, four people in it my wife and two kids um in 2020 we received eight mail-in ballots and uh, how many did you use 
11. <laughs> yeah, you bring them down to Kinko's. I'm going to print more of these up. <laughs> no, it was fucking, it's a joke. I mean, if anybody thinks that, you know, when I hear these assholes, these assholes, the most, the most secure election, bullshit, bullshit, lies, lies, lies. Well, yeah, because then you would have to question how hard it is to really print up more ballots. Do they have a serial number system that actually makes right. sense? Because I remember back in the good old days when I would go to the White Sox games a lot. This was right when the printable tickets were becoming a thing. I mean, now they want you all jacked into your phone. Right. So it's like, what if I don't have a smartphone? I guess I can't go to the ball game. But when the printable tickets first start becoming a thing, there was always seats up by my parents. They had two seats on the club level, but there were always seats in their section. They were never hundred percent right. full, mm-hmm. but to get into the 300 level, you needed 300 level seats. So it became very clear at some point to me that, Oh, Photoshop is your friend. <laughs> Change 100 level to 300 level and just make up your own tickets because they were never they would only scan you coming in to make sure it was a valid ticket. Uh So you could print up whatever the hell you wanted. I mean, we never did it, but I thought about like, well, why don't we just print up, you know, for like a box or for the, the one where all the food and all that shit's included. I'm sure somebody was doing that because you don't even need a seat. You just want to go in have your, you know, $500 in food and booze. And then you could just go into the ballpark and do whatever you want. Nice. But that was the good old days where it was like, oh, no, a piece of paper with anything printed. I mean, that didn't work out. I don't understand how it works out for voting. Oh, please. It's a joke. It's like there has to be a better way to do it. But this is part of the issue when you have every different state has a different way to do it. Mm. And the liberal states seem to be way more welcoming of things that can be messed sure. with of course and i think that says a lot you have to wonder why is it that it's the liberal states that are like no no we love mail-in balloting where the conservative yeah. states are the ones like nope we want you to show up and still we still want you to pull a lever and give us some chads mm-hmm. yeah it's all insane it is it is very scary 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 now, I see you do have the Costas clip. This one I saw, and I was like, whoa, this guy. I was yeah. like Bob Costas. It's like, but this Did is you? why your sports, I mean, as far as his ability to call a game, mm. I mean, he was no Vin Scully. Okay. But Bob Costas would be interesting. I mean, he was a fairly good interviewer. I've seen him interview. You know, he did an interview show for a while, I believe, because I. That's what Dvorak was saying. He couldn't remember the title. It was called Tom Snyder hosted the Tomorrow Show. Because it was actually began at 1 a.m. So it was tomorrow. It wasn't late. It was the next day. And um, Snyder was very good. I used to watch him when I was a kid. And he had a a lot of fucking wild. I think if I'm not mistaken, you think he had Charles Manson on once. No, I am mistaken. (laughs) Somebody somebody really liked Charlie, but it wasn't me. Um, But but Tom was good. And then uh, I guess when he uh, retired, uh, Costas took over. But he must have sucked because I don't remember watching him even once on that. So. I don't know. But this is probably just another case of uh, can't not say anything. And we'll let this play because this is another simple case, I believe, of Trump derangement syndrome. Because not only going after Donald Trump as a person, but going after the people that will vote for him 
you know, we all understand. It's like uh, there's not a good choice between Trump and Biden. There's not a great choice in those two. There, if, if there's ever been an election where you're like, I want to take the lesser of two evils. This is going to be it. And it's funny because Trump, uh, his problems are that he's crass and mm-hmm. he will say whatever the hell he wants. And a lot of people don't like that. He, I mean, he should be a podcaster, really. <laughs> Maybe he will when he retires. Maybe. But, but I don't care. You know, all those things <clears throat> mean absolutely nothing to me. And I think that's part of the malaise of America. You know, um, um, I don't give a fuck if he's not a nice guy. I don't give a shit uh, that he's been divorced three times. Uh, none of those things matter. The point is, you know, I always say, like, if you if you go to a doctor and you're in desperate need of some medical care for whatever it is, you've got, you know, right. pick, your, pick your serious ailment and you visit, say, you visit three guys. Um, who, which one do you want uh, operating on your retina or your heart? Do you want the nice guy who's so-so or somebody maybe who's, uh, you know, a nasty prick, but is the best in the world and knows exactly what the fuck he's doing? It's right. a pretty simple choice. So all he's asking, he's mean. I don't give a fuck if he's mean. You know, it's, it's, it's about getting the job done. Right. And he did a very good job for four years. Yes. Very good. Yeah. It's like my cardiologist that just retired. He was yeah. not shy like, you need to lose weight. There are plenty yeah. of doctors who are like, well, I, I'll, I'll treat you this, this. I'll be like, well, maybe you should if you can. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy. you have to appreciate somebody that's like, you know, if you don't do this, you're not going to live as long as you should. Yes. You know, I, I had a thing some years ago, um, a lot of coffee, and I suddenly developed this uh, strange throat ailment where I would barely get through a sentence and start to kind of like cough and lose my voice. It was really weird. So I knew this guy I used to see him at the gym and I was bitching about this and he's, Oh, I got this great throat guy. He's great. He's a, you know, he's a really nice guy. He's a really nice guy. And that should have, I should have been going ding, ding, ding here in the fucking red flag <laughs> bell in the back of my head. I don't give a fuck if he's nice. And so I went to see this guy and he was a complete incompetent asshole um, first of all, he stuck a camera at my nose and I thought, I thought he was going to fucking hit my brain. Um, really my sinuses ached for a week. Wow. Then he, then he, then he wanted more, <clears throat> excuse me, he wanted more, uh, you know, he couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. So then I wound up standing, you know, in front of some kind of a fluoroscope or x-ray machine, drinking some fucking shit, you know, and watching this go down my gullet. And then the guy tells me, oh, you've got a really, really, really uncommon thing. And I can't remember what exactly first word of it was zenkers z-e-n-k-e-r-s zenkers throat fuck up <laughs> you know what, whatever it was you know <clears throat> and then well, what can i do about this and then he's handing me fucking steroid nasal sprays and fucking you know about five different medications and thinking, hey, well, but why is one thing well blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. and i looked at this crap and i thought this guy's got his fucking head up his ass he doesn't know what he's doing i want a second opinion so I got a second opinion. And this guy, he looks at me and he says, uh, I'm going to put a camera in my nose. And I grab him by the wrist. He says, no, you're not. He says, <laughs> <laughs> really? I literally grabbed him. You're like the he last says, guy up? did this. <laughs> yeah. I says, I'm still, I'm still in agony from the last guy. He says, hmm, uh, he's, you know, you got to trust me. <laughs> well, anyway, I didn't feel a fucking thing. The second guy, right? He stuffs it up my nose, down my throat. He goes, hmm, you drinking a lot of coffee? I said, well, what's a lot? And he goes, 
Yeah. And I, and he's, you know, and I was, I was like just downing. I was a nut with the coffee. And he goes, just like this, he goes, cut that shit out. It's what's your throat's on fire. And coffee is probably a bigger irritant than straight booze. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. And so I said, that's it. He goes, that's it. He says, stop the fucking coffee today. Um, if, if you still have this in a couple of weeks, call, you know, call me back and I'll gladly take a second look. Done. Done. Condition over. I didn't have zinkers, anything. And this guy, was he a nice guy? I didn't give a fuck. He knew what he was doing. And that's all that should matter. And everybody that bitches about his mean tweets, and all, they're fucking idiots. And they should be put in that position where they have to choose between the nice guy, the decent man, and some doctor that knows what he's doing to save their fucking lives. Then see how they vote. Yeah, 100%. And it was uh, later with Bob Costas. Thank you, Did You Guru? Oh, it was called later. All right, so it wasn't the Tomorrow Show. So Dvorak had it all wrong. Ah, well, you know. <laughs> That'll happen. There's so many shows, but this is Bob Costas on, uh, yeah. on the Trumpers. You come at this from a position of not wanting to see Trump get elected. You should state that at the outset. True? Yes, absolutely. And who puts the music beds? Man, these people should be Isn't shot. awful? Who does that? Absolutely. He is by far the most disgraceful figure in modern presidential history. He's only become more disgraceful since 2016 and since 2020. The most disgraceful because he's been yes. convicted of what? Right. And I was watching this. All I'm hearing is your voice. Seriously, seriously. The only thing is, I hear Darren saying, well, what exactly? Can you give us some examples right now? Right. Of course, Costas couldn't. It's always the way it is. Yeah. It's like, well, he's the most despicable. It's like, but why? why? Right. Give me a, you know, well, he did that. You know, the you're pointing at the E. Jean Carroll thing. It's like, well, that is at the very best hearsay. And it does not yeah. make sense. You've no. got the New York uh, verdict, which also you're hearing from this. I think we talked about last uh, week on Wednesday. The business titans are on Tuesday of uh, Mr. Wonderful who's like, well, this is not how business is done. I've heard other guys that sure. are big into the real estate businesses that are like, this is not how it is done. This is never how it's been done. This is a there is no crime. There is no victim. Who's the victim? But can anybody tell you a victim? Nope. No. We want their half a billion dollars. It's like, if this is not clear mm. that it's all about trying to drain Trump's funds that he's using. And I don't, I do not understand the legality of what your campaign money can and cannot be used for, but it seems like it can be used for lawyers, which is one of the reasons why it's like, if you want to get Trump, if you want to take him down, and you haven't been able to put him in jail. You try to drain his bank account. And that's exactly the playbook they're using. Well, absolutely. Meanwhile, um, as I unearthed in my last show, um, they're killing America. Over at that LarryShow.com. Thank you, sir. The Troika that is triple teaming him, uh, led by uh, uh, Letitia James, um, facilitated by Judge and Goran. And then, you know, with the, with the, um, the other shit, the Eugene Carroll, I guess I was in the purview of, uh, of Alvin Bragg. Um, these people are sick rich. Alvin Bragg has a net worth of $42 million. That's a lot for its small time DA. Isn't it? 
And Letitia, and he owns like, I think something like 10 real estate properties. He's got his art and antiques collection is worth a million and a half alone. His stock portfolio is north of 15 million. Letitia, uh, she has, she, she's worth 15 million. Uh, and uh, she also has, uh, let's see, she has a, she has a, according to Forbes, she owns a townhouse in um, Tribeca. She has a, a brownstone, I think, in Harlem and something, another. She, she owns three substantial real estate properties. Um, and Judge Ngoron, who's failed at everything he's ever done. This guy was a failed cab driver, failed musician, failed screenwriter, failed husband, twice divorced. And you got to factor in alimony and child support, right? Somehow this guy uh, being a, a, you know, a low level uh, berobed judge has amassed a, a $7 million fortune. How does this happen? You have insider knowledge of something? I don't know. Or somebody pays you off to stay out of jail. <laughs> that would be the other. So, uh, yeah. So maybe where's the, but the thing is like, who's going to look into their finances and go after them? Well, Donald maybe some, at some point, if he's maybe elected, the feds, <laughs> maybe the feds can do it, but sure as shit's not going to happen in New York. You know, none of them is going to do it. I so. just find it to be humorous when the people on the left that have done nothing but the same kind of behavior to Trump for years and years are now saying, well, well, if he gets in, he's going to do this, this, and this. It's like, well, of course he is. That's what you did to him. What'd you think was going to happen? Right. It's like, you need a little taste of what you're doing to understand why it's bad. Yeah. He is a bubbling cauldron of loathsome traits. You wait, a bubbling, a bubbling cauldron of loathsome traits. Traits. I, somehow I'm guessing Darren that he kind of, he had that line in a crib note before he sat down at that mic. What do you think? Yeah. It sounds either yeah. that or the writers from Frasier were yeah. uh, preparing his <laughs> notes for him. Yeah. Trying to use some big words here. Yeah. It's a bubbling cauldron of loathsome traits. You have to be in the throes of some sort of toxic delusion in an toxic cult to believe that Donald Trump has ever been in any sense emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, or ethically fit to be president of the United States. I think he's been all of those things. So I guess. Well, my, yeah. Well, my answer to a fucktard uh, Costas is, uh, well, I, I, really, none of those, none of those criteria you just enumerated, Bob, have any bearing whatsoever on the results he produced. I don't give a fuck about those things. They mean nothing. Again, you want the person that knows how to do the job yeah, for the country to succeed, for the most people to succeed. Right. The economy was in a different state, even though people try to tell you this is the rewriting of history. Like, well, what do you mean? The Trump economy was horrible. The Biden economy is great. Morning, Joe, look at your 401ks. Right, right, right. Like how many people have 401ks? Look at your groceries. And the fact that for, you know, my parents and I were in slightly different areas, different brands of grocery stores in each area. And again, this past week, a lot of things that are not in stock. It's very weird. I don't remember this ever happening pre-pandemic, and I don't know why yeah. we haven't pulled out of this post-pandemic. I get everything being more expensive. I don't understand why, oh, we're out of eggs. We can't get eggs. Eggs are all of a sudden going up again. I mean, sure, there's people going to be buying a lot of eggs, Easter and all. Nobody will buy eggs. but right. The egg prices no, I, just went up. 
you know, we had, my wife is a fab, fabulous cook. And uh, last night she made um, some yummy flounder with pasta. And uh, what else was it? my daughter, she, she makes the best Caesar salad in the world. And I said, oh, I got I to gotta have a baguette. I have to have a little, you know, crunchy bread to go along with that. So I ducked into this fish store where she just bought the fish. And how about this, Darren? One baguette was six bucks. No. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what that is in New York right now. That's got to be 12. Right. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Although I'm, I'm looking, looks like Bitcoin is going up, up and up. Wow. What's it at? I don't know. I can just see I have a little rating thing here for how much is oh, in cool. my uh, in Bitcoin. And it's, it's up for me a few hundred bucks. So, I mean, that's pretty good nice. for just a few yeah. thousand and uh, that have been sitting there in BTC, mainly thanks to CSB. Thank you, CSB. He keeps, he, I like when CSB sends Bitcoin because I'm like, well, how do you make that into real money? <laughs> uh, right now, thank you. Uh, let's see, uh, Ned, Ned. It is 54325 Uh-huh. See, it's going up. That's, that might be a record. Has it been that high before? I mean, once That's it got all, there. what, to like 90-something before the big Did crash. Oh, but this is okay. this is uh, higher than it's been in a uh, long, long time. Yeah. In a long moment, yeah. Baguettes are much cheaper at Walmart. No parade. No parade. That's where I'm going next time. <laughs> Ned, as I say his name with such love. No, that's disdain, Ned. Ned you're misunderstanding. <laughs> love and disdain. <laughs> Speaking of which, how about David Pakman? Oh, boy. You're going to do that to me, <laughs> huh? All right. Well, I mean, he was uh, going after, and it's interesting. Because this, again, is somebody on the left just telling you things that are not true and bringing audio clips of things while they pretend that it proves what they're saying. And I'm going, eh, doesn't uh, really, and that, that says I'm a douche. I know that. Come on. Only interrupt me for <laughs> things that I don't know. <laughs> but this is uh, Pac-Man who, I mean. If this guy doesn't qualify as douche number one, oh, just his deliver. It's even worse than the Keith Oberman thing, I think, because it's the Keith Oberman at least sounds like the angry, you know, your angry uncle who had a few extra drinks where Pacman tries to be like, oh, I'm the intellectual. Oh, yeah. And that's even more infuriating, I think. After taking yet another humiliating legal loss, Donald Trump's apparently former attorney, Alina Haba, appeared on Fox News and was interviewed by Sean Hannity. And you really have to see this to believe it. It shows us the core rot that has taken place within MAGA world. And I want to remind now, that would be a place I'd go and visit MAGA world. Is that like an amusement park? I'd absolutely go. And I'd head straight for the core rot ride first. <laughs> well, I wanted like, instead of what well, didn't Disney have, uh, the, like an Aladdin ride where you rode a magic carpet, maybe we mm. could ride like an orange hair piece. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> I'd be like, all wait, wait a minute. that's, that's his own hair though. That is not a hair piece on the Donald. That's his real hair. He is impressive. Yeah. Cause do you remember the night he was on Jimmy Fallon and Fallon say, is that, a, is that a rug? And he yanked and it. Yeah. Donald. Yeah, he said, go ahead, work on it. And Fallon gave a pretty good tug. Nothing moved. So then I guess uh, when they're not hair pieces, they're the real Donald hair then. Real Donald. I think there's probably a lot of Aquanet spray in that, right. that architecture. Probably. 
And that's okay, you know. And folks, when we wonder what's at stake in November, there are so many different ways that we can continue to have this conversation. Remember as you watch this that there were people suggesting Alina Haba if Trump wins. And this is not the first time we've heard him go through this whole thing that she might have a cabinet position. Oh my God. But yeah, he's got to, he's got to do it for Alina because she's hot and the right. kind of woman he could never, ever, ever approach. That ever. would make sense. That would make sense. We'll have a prominent role in his administration. I, I feel insane saying this because how backwards is the world? It has been mentioned that she could potentially be the attorney general of the United States. Okay? Yeah, great choice. Uh-huh. Great choice. But it's like, again, um, that it was potentially mentioned by whom that she right. could be. Yeah. Like, uh, An unnamed source. Uh-huh. Like, did yeah. Donald Trump say this? Because if not, I don't think any source is really yeah. going to qualify for who he would put into different positions. Mm. Th- this is what is at stake in November. And tomorrow we'll be talking to Jenk Uger about what's at stake in November. Just remember. Yeah, <laughs> that guy, right? Did he wait? Did he? Yes. Did he just say his name is Junk? Jenk, yeah. Something, whatever. It sounds like junk. Jenk, Jenk, Jenk. Let's hear how he says here. This is what is at stake in November. And tomorrow we'll be talking to Jenk Uger about what's at stake in November. Yes. Just remember. It sounds like Jenk. It was Jenk. It was close, but yeah. I'm going to call it Junk. Just like Junk and Kumla. That'd be two people to you. there are those floating alina haba for secretary of state good choice i mean listen how do you even introduce this stuff there is a point and i want to say something that i different than i normally do we have the order now i'm free to speak and let me just say as somebody who sat there in the trial sean and i'm so happy you invited me on to say this they will not get away with it. We will come at them. We will come hard and Whoa. we will literally fight until the truth comes out. There was nothing wrong. President Trump has done nothing wrong. All he has done is won a campaign and that is scaring them because they know when he goes back in November 2024, he is going to clean house. And that is truly the problem. It's not about Marilago's Marilago's worth. It's not worth 18 million. It's worth probably 1.5 billion at the least. It is not worth Trump Tower, 40 Wall Street. That's not what this is about, Sean. You know it and I know it. And she is insisting that her client did absolutely nothing wrong. She's almost acting like she won. This interview felt more like the sort of interview a lawyer would do after your client is vindicated. Well, yeah, because she saw the evidence and knows what's going to happen on appeal, you dumb fuck. How about that? I love it. She has cost Trump how much money now? I mean, it's absolutely wild. Sean Hannity says, all right, well, Alina, what's the strategy now going forward? And she spits out a word salad. Tell us what your strategy is going forward, Alina. Now, let's all remember, we've heard Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris Mm. with word salad up the yin yang for three years plus. Let me know if you think this qualifies as that kind of level of word salad, or if it seems to you that this just sounds like somebody coherently making their point. Very simple. The left-wing media, unfortunately, (laughs) will report cases. I had another case that just went through in New York, the great state of New York, which has completely fallen apart. 
my strategy is to use the facts, to use the transcripts. We make a record, even when they try and gag us, even when they try and tell us, Alina, I'm going to put you in jail if you object to a PowerPoint slide that proves your case. It doesn't matter. (laughs) By the way, that didn't happen. Okay, so he stopped that and says that didn't happen. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm not following this shit. I don't follow it that closely. So I typed into Google the PowerPoint threatening jail and the very conservative Newsweek. Oh, yeah. Ultra conservative <laughs> Newsweek has a story headline. Alina Haba blast judge threatening her with jail. Mm-hmm. Alina Haba has slammed the judge in the most recent Donald Trump defamation trial in New York after he threatened to put her in jail. Haba who has defended former president in the latest defamation case brought by former L columnist E. Jean Carroll appeared on the Newsmax network and complained, quote, we have a judge that is trying to throw a civil attorney threatening me that he's going to put me in the clink, I believe is what he said, because I objected to his ruling on an evidentiary issue, said Haba on Monday. It was a PowerPoint slide that helped prove our case. And he said, no, you're not allowed to bring it in. I'm sorry. And uh, nowhere in the Newsweek article does it say this didn't happen, that this wasn't true. So it seems like it happened and it's true. Although David Fuckman doesn't know what he's talking about, but he had to stop the audio to say, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, because everybody just gets away with it. Yes. Point slide that proves your case. It doesn't matter. (laughs) By the way, that didn't happen. Yes, Yes, it did. We made a record and the record is clear because their orders are transparent. They show a completely biased transcript. They show that the hearings, the law is not on their side. So they get their headline during an election season, but that is not going to be how we win. I want you to remember that the question. Now, is there any word salad in there? Because I was trying to find the word salad. None none whatsoever. No. I didn't hear her stumble over anything. I didn't hear her mispronounce anything. I did not hear anything that was like, wow, what does she mean by that? Yeah, well, this is the same asshole that was accusing Trump of being incoherent last time. I wasn't. It was it was it him or the other? No, that was a different guy who didn't know different what the. Uh, and of course, there were still arguments on the uh, term of uh, inter. Oh, it's and not. Um, oh, uh, interpose. In- interpose. Yeah. Interpose. Yeah. And I noticed that that wasn't the only. It was. It went up higher than that MSNBC douchebag. It was also went all the way up to uh john oliver or the other guy it was one of those like God. top guys did the same bit same bit and i know there's some questioning of exactly what the word means because my buddy Srini again was like hey where'd you get the sourcing on this and i'm like well i looked it up at a bunch of different dictionaries there's quite a few and they all vary a little bit and while it may not be the most eloquent use of the word it's certainly by, again, the letter of the law. It's functional. Yes. And I said the other intriguing thing was trying to find, which is I'll give Twitter one thing that it's good for, X, whatever he wants to call it. You can search and you can search based upon when something was posted. So I went through and did a search for before Trump used that word. And even though, again, I understand the people on X are idiots. <laughs> there were plenty of people that were using that word to mean replacing one name with another. Sure. And we know we're living in the liberal world. If we rewrite everything, we make new definitions for everything. It just depends how it's being used. It doesn't matter what the fucking word means. It depends how people are using it. So fuck you. Donald Trump used it that way. 
<laughs> I mean, why is it okay when it's like, well, the left is using this word this way and this is now what it means? You know, vaccination. What does that mean? Well, we're changing it because this is how we want to. It's like, fuck you. It's like this is, and one, it was fine based upon the existing definition, and you see multiple people what? were using, but even if it wasn't, fuck you, rewrite it. That's and what fuck you do. John for, Oliver. Uh huh. I know. Well, I wouldn't want to, but I mean, no, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Question was, yeah. what's your strategy? The first 48 seconds, she gave us a list of stuff, which she now says that's not going to be how we win. No, but that's not what she said at all. No. I mean, so again, this guy misunderstands the English language. She said what she's going to use are the transcripts and everything from the case because they know it's going to win on appeal because this is so far out of the letter of the law. Mm. I mean, what else do you do when it's a political persecution? When you're going to be slapped down by these local courts, this is where it's going to become fun. Because. As, as of this point, I don't think there is anything that is legally waiting for these DAs and these judges, but I think at some point there should be just like the, you know, Duke lacrosse team thing, the people that lied about what happened there, you know, you get charged these DAs yeah. and these judges that if they are ruling in this far outside of the law and the next court up or the Supreme court goes, you're not that fucking stupid. You knew that he wasn't guilty of anything, but you did this for political. They should be the ones that are going to jail. Yeah. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I think the guy, the guy that um, orchestrated that whole debacle with Duke was a douchebag named Mike Nifong. And I think, I think they threw his ass in jail. Um, he went down in flames and he thought that he was going to be probably, you know, attorney general, <laughs> Right? <laughs> you know, they're going to give me a reward. Yeah. He thought he'd made his bones a big case. He's going to be a fucking legal superstar. And he was outed as a legal asshole. And, um, I think he, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think he might've done a, a brief stretch in the bing, but his fucking legal career is way over. Yeah, and That's when you see thing. this kind of, I mean, if this is, if the next court up, if this isn't a case of, well, it was close, but we think you just, you know, slightly misinterpreted what happens when the higher court believes that you didn't just slightly misinterpret something, that you intentionally misused yeah. and gave somebody a, uh, you know, convicted somebody, mm-hmm. there should be some kind of... Uh, Somebody, consequence yeah the feet Absolutely. should be held to the fire somewhere yeah of course like maybe you don't get to be a judge anymore if this happens mm. to you and that would be fine yeah you get your one shot you you get to do this to one person but then you're gone right says that's not going to be how we win so i'm guessing now she'll tell us what she will do here we have to fight the fight for the long run. And that, that truly is, Sean, my strategy. That's all of our strategy. We will use the transcript. We will use the evidence. We will use the witnesses, the real facts, not the media. And, and it's no, no disrespect to the media, but I was there. We did nothing wrong. Those- 
There you go. Um, echoing Trump, we did nothing wrong. So if you're confused as to what her strategy is going to be now, I'm not. I am just as confused. And it seems that this is all kind of alluding to appeal. Trump insists that. Oh, he- wait a minute. It's a, it's a, <laughs> does this dick claim to be some type of an attorney or a legal scholar? He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. No. Very clear. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh, but this is the left wing. And they're not, I can't even really call them media. They're in the media, but they're nothing but propagandists who say this stuff, never get held yeah. to account. And it is just straight out sad that somebody like that's got a couple million people allegedly following them. Maybe they're all bought on YouTube and elsewhere. Cause it's like, yes, of course, this is all about the appeal. There is yeah. no question about it. And the whole like, I don't even understand what her strategy is. Well, she said they're going to use the transcripts. They're going to use everything they just got from the court case. And where else are they going to use it? They're bringing it up to the appellate court or may go right to the Supreme Court. Who knows? Because it's involving a former president. I can't wait till the Supreme Court gets their hands on some of this stuff. Yeah. I think it's all a timing game, of course, because a lot of them are just like, well, if we can get this done, if we can make Donald Trump look bad before the election, maybe. Maybe we can keep him from winning. Not really sure that strategy is working, though. Hmm. It seems like maybe every time they I think there's a decent amount of people who are (laughs) watching this who are like, you know, I'm not really a big Trump fan, but I think you're kind of persecuting him now. And I don't like that. Mm hmm. Yeah. I guess I guess we'll just have to see where that we will have to see comes out. Now you've got a Bannon clip. Where do you want to go next here? You know, um, Bannon. You know, I really like what Bannon's saying, and uh, it's um, it's it's good. You know, he, the guy just came in hot at uh, CPAC, and uh, you know, the, the thing is with this, as you said, um, the last time around, you recall. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of uh, chanting of "lock her up" and so forth. Well, this time it kind of has to happen. It was a hollow threat that was not carried out. But this is a fucking war. It really is. And so, if Trump gets in in November and he doesn't um, decimate um, his enemies, well, what's the point? You know, right? And so. Bannon, God bless him, has the balls to come right out. And he, like I said, you know, he's he's not mincing any words. I think you might like this. Yeah. And I'm sure I mean, the, the problem, if you the last time Trump let his enemies go and we see they didn't get back to business and working to better the country, they went no. double down on bullshit. Yes. So it's like, yeah, how do you not? How do you mm-hmm. not take care of them? Yeah. Lock them up. Woo. All of them. Garland, Ray, Biden, all of them. Mayorkas. Yeah, Mayorkas, man. I mean, who that guy is like the most worthless person in the administration. A shitbag. Yeah. But again, answering to Biden. So I guess I, how much can you really yeah. blame him? He can't do the job. What they did to this country is unforgivable. And we will not forget it, and we will never forgive it until justice is done. Getting the CPAC crowd all riled up. Oh, yeah. Now, some, some, some of our folks may say justice in this case is retribution. I will let that be defined as we go forward. But we're not going to back off this. President Donald J. Trump 
is the greatest president of the 20th and 21st century. Think about it for a second. When they stole the election and he went back to Mar-a-Lago, he could have played the game. He could have been part of the system. He could have gotten a big book deal and had the memorial films made about him and, you know, built more golf courses and had a life of leisure as a billionaire should have and deserve and with his beautiful family. What did he do? He came back to lead his country and say, I'm not going to let him steal this election and I'm not going to ever let them destroy the United States of America. Like the great Roman general, Cincinnatus, he has returned from the plow to save his country. Only two other men in the history of this republic, General Washington and the Revolution and the Foundation, and Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War, had the personal fate and destiny of an individual be inextricably linked to the fate and destiny of this republic. Donald John Trump is the third person. And his fate and destiny is to have the greatest political comeback in American history. And on November 5th, to drive the vermin out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> the V word. Biden, you and your crime family are nothing but trash, okay? And on the 20th of January of 2025, we're going to take out the trash. I mean, it's good for a slogan and all that, but are they going to be able to do it? That's a big question, isn't it? But, you know, I admire Bannon for taking the gloves off. I'm so sick of these fucking assholes. You know, the, the rhinos like Mitt Romney, you know, use a measured approach. But no, no, this is they, they've put a knife to everyone's throat. And, you know, when you, you just got to fight fire with fire. So, well, yeah, there is no measured approach after they no. go after the guy that is the leader of your party in so many underhanded ways. Mm hmm. And if this becoming mean, Barack Obama, I mean, there's and others should be watching this kind of stuff closely, because once you get somebody from the other party and if it all becomes, well, the last presidents of the other party, we're going to investigate them. You're always yeah. going to find something. Always. I mean, I think and Obama, you know, um, he's a much hated person by many people, but you can never say he was stupid. He's not a, he's not a dumb guy. And one of his first uh, um, edicts or uh, actions as president was he, he eviscerated the United States military and he sidelined all the warriors and replaced them with freaks and leftists because he knew that he I think he had enough of, of you know, forward vision to see that was happening because I think that had he not done that. The nation never would have got to the point where it is now. I think that probably within two years of Joey's tenure, <laughs> some fucking generals would have, you know, in a smoke-filled room said, listen, you know, we're going to the White House tomorrow, and he's gone. We're fucking escorting him out there, out of there. It's over. His bullshits, it stops now. And there, I, I really think there might have been and should have been a military coup, but that's not going to happen with people like Milley and and uh, Lloyd Austin and so forth, you know. And I think Obama saw that in the, he read that in the tea leaves and uh, 
negated that possibility, cut that off the pass years ago. Right. Well, to win the country from the civilian side, you take over the teaching jobs, you take over the media. From the military side, if you can infiltrate and lessen the might of the army of your military overall, that puts you in a completely different situation, which I mean was why Trump spent a ton of money right off the bat when he got in. Like, we need to rebuild the military because this is not good. This is kind of like, well, for your home, I guess. Well, we're taking down your fence. We're taking away your locks. And uh, now here's what you're left with. Your front door never can close ever again. No. So you think well, people would put up with that? No. And what he should have concentrated more on was rebuilding the military leadership, really, uh, as opposed to hardware. You, know, you can always get that shit. You can make it on the fly. But he should have plugged in some guys that had some backbone, you know? So. Yes, it would be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Now, let's get right to our buddy, Keith, <laughs> and then we'll follow this with, because he's talking about the Biden informant, and then mm. we'll, we've got a clip of Jim Jordan talking about the, the Biden informant. Okay. On the Thursday Countdown podcast, I think the FBI Hunter Biden informant whistleblower, I made it up guy, is flipping. I think Alexander Smirnov is flipping. So the guy that you'll admit was lying. Now you're excited he's coming to your side to totally tell the truth. Is that what you're saying, Keith? Because <laughs> that makes perfect sense, too. Yeah. That we got this guy lying, but now he's going to flip. Well, how do you know he's just not lying to you now? Good point. If he's not flipping, why did he admit to contact with somebody associated with Russian intelligence. That just makes his crime worse. Not only do I think he's flipping, I think the man who a week ago at this time was still officially special prosecuting Hunter Biden may now be trying to special prosecute all of those who have smeared Hunter Biden. Now Hunter Biden's being smeared, Larry. Wow. Hunter Biden is a fine citizen who hasn't committed any crimes, has never been a drug addict, does not have a laptop full of incriminating evidence out there in the public eye. No. And tried to stage the impeachment of the president of the United States during an election year. Like you did to Trump. Mm. On the instructions of Vladimir Putin. Oh, Vladimir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's all Putin. Oh, God, this guy's so stupid. Russian collusion is back and it gets even better. Yeah. The instructions given to key members of the Republican Party. So now it's not only Trump that was colluding with Russia. Now oh. it is key members of the Republican Party. Dad Vlad, he's so sneaky. Vlad should really be the leader of the world. I mean, that he, he should seems like he knows what he's doing. Mm. I mean, he may kill billions of people, but maybe they need killing. I don't know. Maybe. But this now that you've got a guy and he was a whistleblower and a lot of the things that he said, it seemingly were then corroborated with hard facts, with evidence, with bank records, with receipts, as Keith said. Mm-hmm. But the media. They're very confused by this. And here they are questioning Jim Jordan about this and other things. Jim Jordan, what do you think of the Smirnoff indictment? They asked him what he thinks of the Smirnoff 
indictment. Jay. Well, I mean, it is what it is. So uh doesn't change the fundamental facts. We got there are four fundamental facts that Hunter Biden gets put on, put on the board of Burisma. Uh, he's not qualified to be on the board. He gets he gets put on that board and gets paid a million dollars a year. Second, as I said, he's not qualified to be on the board. He said so himself. Third, uh, in Dubai on December 4th, 2015, the executives at Burisma, Mr. Zolachevsky, um, Mr. Pazarsky specifically asked Hunter Biden, can you weigh in with D.C. and help us with the pressure we are facing from the prosecutor general in Ukraine? Um, Hunter Biden makes a call. Devin Archer told us he made a call to his dad, to Joe Biden. And then three days later, uh, Joe Biden goes to Ukraine and conditions the release of American tax money on the firing of the prosecutor, applying the pressure to the company that Hunter Biden set on the board of. Those facts, they don't change what, regardless of what this, yeah. uh, this confidential human sources said. You said that this informant now charged with some of the most corroborating evidence that that interview was. Yeah, it, it did corroborate what, what I just said there, but it didn't change the facts. So, so his, those allegations from the FD 1023 are now found to all be lies. So how does that impact the investigation? So what? what? Uh-huh. Right. This is the media. Well, yeah, but but all of those all of those allegations that you've already proved with other sources. Well, the, he said they're all lies now. So <laughs> it's like the, the brains cannot comprehend what's going on here. But it's like, well, because this guy then said he was lying. Well, then all of that other stuff has to go away, right? Because he, he, this was all corroborated. It's like, but you don't understand what corroborated means. That means there was other evidence showing it was true. So it doesn't matter if he says he's lying now or if he was lying then. It doesn't matter even what, what that guy said whatsoever, because we know for a fact that Hunty was on the on the board of Burisma. We know for a fact that Joey hauled ass over there. We know for a fact that he, he uh, withheld uh, American aid. Unless the, uh, uh, the prosecutor in the Ukraine was canned. Those are all fucking facts. It doesn't matter what, what Smirnoff says. Nope. It's in, the, it's in the record book. That's why Jim Jordan has to treat these uh, the people covering this as like third graders. Yeah. Corroborate what, what I just said there, but it doesn't change the facts. So, so his, those allegations from the FT 1023 are now found to all be lies. So Who is that, that imbecile? Impact? Who is that fucking imbecile? I do woman. not know. Somebody that, that was questioning that lies. while no. it was on C-SPAN. I'm sure somebody out there may God. know. If you do, probably uh, boost us or send us rage at planetrage.show. Mm. Probably just somebody in the pool. It was pro- probably somebody from like uh, PBS or yeah. NPR. Or one of those other, well, really meaning people that are looking for the facts, of course. <laughs> the investigation. I think you should ask that. You should ask the FBI why they were so reluctant. They told us if if we don't, uh, when we wanted to see the 1023, said this could jeopardize national security, the safety of this confidential human source. You can't know his name. They didn't want right. to show it to us. Then mm. they finally did. I mean, this is a guy they paid, I think, since 2010. So 14 years they've been paying this guy. Um. And he's a trusted source. And now we find out. Plus, I think there's sort of the, you know, when Christopher Steele lied to the FBI about uh, President Trump, he gets paid more. When Smirnoff lies to the FBI about President Biden, no, he gets indicted. I mean, go figure. So um, it doesn't change. the. (laughs) I know. Very inconvenient (laughs) fact there, huh, Mr. Al Gore? (laughs) <laughs> like when your guy does it, this happened. If he was on the payroll for 14 years with the FBI, we all know the FBI has been completely corrupt. Mm-hmm. And oh, now we're going to indict him. But the other guy that lied about the steel dossier, well, no, let's just keep paying him. Sure. 
the fundamental facts. It doesn't change the facts. It does change the facts. Those are no longer facts. Those are not true. See, now, okay, listen to this one again. Mm. He's like, well, it doesn't change the facts. And this is, again, I don't know, some reject in the media. Change the, the fundamental facts. It doesn't change the facts. It does change the facts. Those are no longer facts. Those are not, those are not true. The fourth, it uh, changes the facts because they're no longer true. It's like, no. No, moron. Facts. Wow, these people. Holy shit. They've all been corroborated. Just because a guy said he lied yeah. doesn't mean that what he said wasn't true. I mean, maybe he pretended. I don't know. Maybe he made up. Maybe he was right and didn't know he was right. You know, maybe now he's just trying to say he's lying so the idiots in the media will go, oh, I guess none of it's true. Sure. Even though you have all the evidence, it's like, it's just, this is a very sad state of affairs like well no it does change because it's no longer true it's like but it is yeah you don't understand we got the evidence in a different way that's what corroboration is i mean does somebody have to show these folks where to look up words on the interwebs yes okay (laughs) you may be right dictionary.com or you know corroborations you know find your favorite interpose (laughs) Uh uh-huh learn how to interpose you will be a much better person doing your job things i just said they're absolutely true but the bribery, did, did Hunter Biden get put on the board of Burisma? Yes. Was he paid a million dollars a year? Yes. Did Joe Biden condition the release of tax money uh, uh, for the firing of the prosecutor who was applying the pressure? Yes. All those, all four of those things are facts. Absolutely. Um, regardless of what the confidential human source may or may not have said. What do you make of Smirnoff's connections to Russians? I love yeah. Russia. We'll find out. That's, <laughs> obviously, you know, David Weiss, the special counsel, said he may be trying to influence this year's yeah. presidential election. I will tell you this, Scott Brady, when Scott Brady... Uh, U.S. attorney in Pittsburgh, when we talked to him, he had actually checked out uh, the confidential human source uh, where he traveled to when he traveled to and said that he he felt he had the indicia of credibility. David Weiss thinks otherwise. And they've indicted him. We'll have to see. Yeah, we will have to see. There's going to be more coming. But I thought it was the most telling just that the media. Totally taken aback, like, well, but wait, this guy, this guy said he, he, he was lying. So all of those things should go away. Right. It's like. You know, it's kind of like your ex-wife says, well, you know, he's uh, making crack in the backyard and and this and that and this. And then they go to you and they they find the crack. You know, they find the crack house. They find where you're got your meth lab in the backyard. And then your wife decides, oh, you know what? I I, I didn't. I was lying. He doesn't really have a meth lab. I mean, they've been to the meth lab. They've seized the meth. But now she changed her words, and now the media is like, "Well, well, there can't be a meth lab because she said they- she said so." Uh-huh. Must believe the women. Hey, right. When did the word informant become replaced by confidential human source? I don't what know. Is that? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Confidential human, no, confidential pony source. I mean, like I said, God. they keep having to change the language for some assholes. reason or another. Just such assholes. And Megan Kelly talked about that in her CPAC the speech as well which i thought was good it's like this is why you have to stand up to this kind of stuff she said she told her kids anybody asks you for your pronouns you just say no thank you no do not comply yeah i'm not interested in taking part in whatever the fuck you're doing Mm. because once you get those little she's like this is it they get you used to doing it they get you used to saying oh okay i'll just i'll give in a little bit here we all know where that leads to nowhere good nowhere yes. good now where do you want to go you got cj person peter navarro swallow well does he swallow well yeah i mean since we're talking swallow is right in the same in the same vein as what we've just uh been discussing so that might be a good one i mean this guy's such a bogus asshole 
um, he was uh, right there with uh, with uh, Schiff with Russian collusion, right? You know? And he's still singing that fucking bullshit song. And he was caught, you know, he was banging some spy, some Chinese China right, yin yang with the bang bang fang fang, fang, right? Bang yeah. fang, bang yeah. fang. But you know, nothing stops these this this vermin, which is certainly what Swallowell is. And here he is, you know, mouthing off again. It's it's mind blowing. I don't know if you saw it or not, but Donald Trump is at it again. This guy loves Russia. And he just said recently that basically Vladimir Putin should invade any NATO country that's not doing what Donald Trump thinks they need to be doing. Which, of course, is not what Donald Trump said. said. Not what he said. And again, people, it's funny because with social media, the only points I ever see being made seem to be with uh, people just saying insane things. I mean. Um, the fact that you're like, oh, I don't understand what Donald Trump is doing. Like, ah, as a matter of fact, I would just tell him to do whatever they want. Like, well, this was pay your bills. That's what that meant. It didn't mean he would actually do it. The, are you going to be a dictator? Oh yeah. Day one. Yeah. Like, uh, close the border. Uh-huh, they don't understand right. hyperbole. They don't understand people using sarcasm. Well, well the media and even this shithead swallow well, he knows exactly what he's doing, but what, it, what they also all know is just just tell that big lie because the mouth breathers won't check the facts. They won't check the details. They'll just run with that sound bite, and that's what they'll believe, and that's why they do this. If we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? Let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. He's inviting an attack on our greatest allies. So oh, he's inviting an attack. Inviting them, yeah. But I saw uh, Putin say he would rather have Biden as the leader. So I thought that was funny. Yeah. But I saw um, the the guy from Ukraine, Zelensky, mm-hmm. today saying that, you know, I don't understand why Donald Trump favors Russia. It's like, uh, I don't think he ever said he favors Russia. No. Yeah. He also claimed that the, the, the Ukraine body count was something, you know, infinitesimal like 31,000 or since the guy's so, so full of shit he really is yeah he is a politician yes he is and a dancer and an actor and an actor he wanted to be a comedian but i don't know I'm, you know you've not seen funny. anything funny with his performance as of now no. no why the hell should you care about what's happening over in russia well for starters Putin has a desire to not just take over Ukraine, but put back together the Soviet Union and threaten and invade dozens of our allies over really? in the Yeah. I say do yeah. it. Let him do it. Yeah. Why hasn't he done it already? Right. This is called using logic in a situation. Right. I would say if you want the clearest path to defeating Vladimir Putin, if what you're saying is true, would be walk out of Ukraine and then let him go into Poland or wherever else. Because the minute he does, everybody in the United States, everybody in Europe goes, well, we can't fucking let this happen. Mm -hmm. And then they all go and they can defeat Putin. This concept of, well, we have to stop him here because otherwise he's going to go into these other 12 places is bullshit. It makes zero sense. It's total bullshit. Because let him even try to go into any of those. And then you can get your the people behind you. Then the money will flow. People will be sending it in. But as of yet, 
this concept like well he wants to reunite all of russia it's like i sure. don't believe he's, he's ever said that and i have a guy that does another show with me who speaks russian and he hasn't seen that anywhere no but swallow is a mind reader you know? i guess he's something yeah region this fight is coming to us ukraine's fight is our fight for freedom and it's a lot cheaper for us to help ukraine now than for us to have to wait to save us money Uh uh-huh this is right saving us money it's cheaper now yeah it's a money savings opportunity to do it now rather than having to fight russia later how it's going to be the same amount for us either way But what can we do? Well, we're not helpless. We first have to fund Ukraine. But this oh. coming November, we have to beat Donald Trump of and course. MAGAism. Uh, MAGAism. Uh-huh. MAGAism. Okay. Because we know Donald Trump will not help Ukraine. Even though he hasn't said anything. He's, what it, Donald Trump has said was, yeah, I'll stop this day one. You elect me day one. Yeah. Well, that. how do you think he's going to stop it? I mean, if he's like, oh, rah, rah, Russia. I mean, do you think Donald Trump is going to send money to Russia so they can defeat Ukraine, defeat Ukraine? I don't know what they think he's going to do. Well, you know, I like Putin's solution. He told Tucker, stop sending them arms. Yeah, two and, weeks. Uh, and it'll be over. And, and I, I'm totally behind that. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm fucking sick of Ukraine. And, and uh, who, who said that America is the global cop? Really, that's, that's Europe's business. Let them deal with it. Now, it would be. I might look at it in a slightly different viewpoint if we didn't have a huge problem with millions of criminal aliens coming over the border. Mm. I might look at this in a completely different way if the country wasn't $34 trillion in debt. If we were sitting as a utopia in the United States with nary a care in the world you didn't have the immigration problem you actually had a surplus then i'd be much more likely to be like yeah send those people in ukraine a few extra billion it's still interventionism it's not our fight but, i understand you know, i mean what everything- does it do for us you know this is the bullshit Whoa. this is you know exactly you know swallow well oh you have to do it now or we will will later it's such bullshit no that that's that's complete supposition pulls it out of his ass that is not that is not in any way um rooted in fact at all well i nobody really talks about except we have on this show i believe why uh where we go as a world economy without russia because russia has some of the biggest draws the biggest areas with the minerals that we need to make all of these batteries and all of these high tech things that they've got the raw materials if you don't work with russia how are you going to get it why are you going to take over you either have to go you have to become friends you have to become at least business partners or at some point you have to go in and maybe that's the end result here is that we have to show russia is bad we got to show putin is bad because we need to go in at some point for this world economy we need to take the natural resources you know putin's not just going to give up for free got to ask what's going to happen there i don't think the average person even understands like what do you mean russia's got all the natural materials we need for everything that's being made now donald trump needs putin and putin needs donald trump and if we (laughs) beat trump i promise you we'll have more freedom not just here in america but we'll make sure that ukraine can reclaim and renew their own democracy and that freedom will win worldwide oh yeah we have more freedom wait a minute we got joey (laughs) 
Joey made us all super free. So what are you talking about, Swallow Well? What do you mean more free? How can we have any, any more right. freedom right now than under your man, You're uh, right. bag of maggots, Biden? You're what saying you if, we, if we defeat Trump and keep Biden, then we're going to have more of more something. Freedom. More. Yeah, right. That's, that's also, again, logic makes no sense to these people. No. You could say that if Trump comes in, that could be a threat to the freedoms we have. That I'll give you as a you know, possible argument. But to say we have to beat Trump in order to have more freedoms, it's like, but right. no, you're voting for the fucking status quo. That's not going to yeah. change anything. Yeah, that's uh, Eric. <laughs> what a bunch of losers. They sure are, man. Well, actually, right now they're winners. Uh, Got to change that. They're in the uh, position anyway. Yes, they are. They are in the position. Now, CJ, we got CJ Pearson. I always want to say Pearson. CJ Pearson. Um, he's a very interesting guy. Um, he was talking about, uh, he's a guy that's running for office uh, in Georgia. And um, he kind of calls, he's, a, he's 21 years old, black dude. And uh, he says some very interesting things and calls out Fannie Willis uh, as, you know, just basically to throw down with her politically. So it's an interesting clip. Hey, she's got like $40,000 under her bed. Mm. Nobody should go look, though. Don't look. People often ask me, you know, at 21 years old, CJ, why do you care? Why do you fight? Why do you care about the direction of this? Country? Oh, I know. I mean, I've been following this dude on like social media for years. Yeah, this is, hey, I good. know who this is. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, he's 21 now. I'm feeling old. Right. Country, it's very simple to me because i realize that if we do not fight to save this country my generation stands to have the most to lose that is why i fight and it's why actually i recently got involved in a campaign to be the next state representative for the state of georgia i'm currently in a runoff election and in just 19 days the youngest black legislator in america is going to be a MAGA republican just imagine how mad that's going to make the left <laughs> very i'm sure very, yes yes this guy yeah, very very conservative kid yeah and i kept wow 21 and running for uh that's something the house that is a beautiful thing yeah but it's You're like well, he's bubba clinton on the uh the youth uh can't trail you know wow yeah, well, they'll tell him he's an Uncle Tom because he's not oh, voting sure. the right way. Although, oh, of course, maybe this is becoming less and less prevalent because there's more and more black people here in Chicago mm-hmm. who are using the word Republican saying, you know what? We've had it. What yep. have you done for us? I think this mayor, Brandon Johnson, there was a clip I heard again. I don't know. Accurate or not, but it was a woman being interviewed. And she was asked, you know, she was complaining one of these protests, uh, anti-Mayor Johnson. And somebody asked if she voted for him. And she said, yes. And she was a black lady. And they're like, well, why did you vote for him? And she said, well, for me personally, I knew him. I know him. And he promised us that he wasn't going to do exactly what he went in and did. (laughs) that's why she's like it's time for us to vote republican to to give it a try and i know there have been people making this argument for years and years and years it's like chicago any city the whole country what do you have to lose the black community what do you have to lose vote republican in one election and see what happens you know what if you get screwed even harder than you're getting now which is hard to believe but if you do go right back to voting democrat 
but give it a try. How do you know it sucks until you give it a try? It's kind of like eating broccoli. How do you know it sucks until you try it? I love broccoli. I hated it at one point. Now I like it. There you go. You know, the evolving taste should be the same thing with politics. If maybe you didn't like what was going on before, but give it a try and see yeah. what happens. See what the end result is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I've got to tell you on day one, I am coming for Fannie Willis and I dare her to use the race card on me. <laughs> I... <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the beauty. Mm-hmm. This is the beauty with this kind of stuff because you can't do it. I mean, you can try, but it's a lot harder. It was like when Obama got elected. A lot of people loved the idea of Barack Obama, and then they didn't like his policies. The minute you said something about his policies, you were a racist, even if you voted for him. Because, well, no, wait, I don't like what he's doing here. Well, but you're a racist then. Well, no, no, I'm just saying maybe we should do something slightly different when it comes to X, Y, and Z. Yep. card on me i dare her to use the race card on me it's not gonna happen if she wanted to be somebody's sugar mama that's her prerogative but you don't get to use taxpayer dollars to do it and we need leaders in georgia who are gonna fight back to right this ship because if we save georgia we can save america the black community was destroyed by the democrat party now it is time for our community to destroy the democrat party god bless you god bless america let's go save this great nation thank you i mean I See, think this is a- what i'm hearing more and more like bannon listen to that this dude yes you know destroy, destroy the party i mean yeah that's what has to happen yes yes I mean, yes. really what they need to do is destroy both parties but that's yeah another right th- and he, I, mean, I think he's a pretty small kid, CJ Pearson. Otherwise, I'm like the WWE or WWF, whatever the wrestling federation's called now. It's a very politics and wrestling is a lot alike. Oh yeah, it's these. You get into the camera and you talk bad about the other guy and you tell him why you're going to crush him, and then sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. But I think that's awesome that he yeah. is. I mean, this is where. As we talked about earlier, a lot of people just go, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will Mm -hmm. run. Somebody else will take the time. I'm too busy doing whatever I'm doing on my phone all day long, searching TikTok. God bless this kid, man. He's courageous. Yeah. When you're going up against that level of uh, corruption, especially in Georgia, Mm -hmm. I wish him well. Now, we each have one left here. You got Peter Navarro. Let's do that. Okay. Now, this guy, this is really, uh, um, I had no idea this guy was such a powerful speaker, first of all. And, um, you know, you may recall he was um, part of the Trump administration, pretty highly placed. And he's about to go to jail for, um, I think he's got a four-month term. Um, and because he was in, held in contempt of Congress. Right. Wasn't this the same thing that they, uh, the Bidens did? Yeah, exactly. Hunter Biden and not showing up precisely. for Yes, yes. And just to be clear, I hold all of Congress in contempt. So <laughs> probably not a bad way to go. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so so the guy is uh, he, he makes some very interesting um, um, statements. And um, and again, what's going on is they gamed the system. They manipulated the law to uh, to nail this guy. And he's going to tell you how it went down. And what I'm going to talk about is this thing called lawfare that President Trump talked a lot about today, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it, but this is, in my judgment, the uh, 
one of the most important things we're facing. So what is this thing? Lawfare, partisan politics by weaponized justice means. Look at what's going on. Democrats, Biden, Garland, and Smith, Bragg, James, and Willis, and a sizable chunk of the radical wing of the Democrat Party not only want to stop Republican Donald Trump from retaking the White House, they want this presidential titan, and I was there when he was that titan, and providential titan who kept our nation in prosperity and out of war for four beautiful years. They want him to die cruelly in prison. We must face that reality. If you don't believe they may well succeed, just, just look at my own situation as I stand before you on this stage as a former high-ranking Trump official now just weeks away from a prison cell. The parallels between my own and Trump's case are indeed striking. I am the first, the first senior White House advisor ever convicted of contempt of Congress. Trump is the first former president ever, ever to be criminally indicted. I was put in leg irons by armed FBI agents who far more easily could have asked for my voluntary surrender. Trump was the target of an equally unnecessary armed FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. I was indicted by the Biden-Garland Department of Justice despite a more than 50-year policy against compelled congressional testimony by senior White House officials like me. DOJ's, DOJ's hypocrite prosecutors would falsely argue to my jury that I had acted above the law when they knew damn well I was simply honoring the Constitution, fulfilling my oath of office, and obeying the law, the Department of Justice's own Office of Legal Counsel had long articulated and supported. Now, here's the deal. Listen carefully. Trump likewise faces a dizzying array of charges in more than 700 years in prison based on equally novel and baseless applications of laws and statutes that have been tortured and twisted by partisan prosecutors. Then there is this. You must know this. Every single major actor in the prosecutions of both me and Trump are what? Democrats. Yet the Democrats and their useful partisan idiots in the legacy media, aka the fake news, want you to believe our prosecutions are not political. No, nothing to see here. In my case, a Democrat House majority held me in contempt on an overwhelmingly partisan vote. A Democrat-controlled Department of Justice indicted and prosecuted me. A heavily skewed Democrat jury right here in the District of Columbia featuring members who had expressed anti-Trump sentiments in voir dire convicted me. Trump similarly has been indicted solely by Democrats. Here's the deal. The probability of the former president Getting a jury broadly reflective of the American electorate is near zero in the bluest of blue cities of where? Washington, D.C., Manhattan, and Atlanta. Then there is this, and this was a big surprise to me, the utter repudiation in both our cases of Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall's admonition that every defendant has the right to what? To a full and fair defense. Ding, ding, ding. Back, back to uh, Alina Hamba. Exactly what she said. You can't use that PowerPoint. Same shit. And I think he did say Trump. 
when he said that. He did that say tramp. <laughs> Next will be tramp. <laughs> like, oh, come on. He's close. It's okay. Can't win them all. No. Every defendant has the right to what? To a full and fair defense. By the time my case got to the jury, the judge had stripped me of every possible defense, thereby making my conviction a foregone conclusion. As my attorney said, that can't be the law, but it was in that court. I see the same process unfolding now as I follow the myriad Trump court cases across multiple jurisdictions, Democrat-appointed judges are systematically stripping away the full fair and rightful defenses of Trump. As I ready myself for a prison cell, my question to all of you here is this. What are you going to do as you leave CPAC to protect your own right to vote for Donald Trump if you choose? Just what are you going to do to throw those rascals out who just just a few short miles away from us in the White House and on Capitol Hill and at the FBI and the Department of Injustice are doing so much damage to our economy, our border, our national security, and ultimately, you know what, our political institutions, civility, and social fabric. As we hurdle now towards a November 2024 election, where the differences between the parties and candidates are so stark, make no mistake about that, and the stakes are so high, we are indeed in the middle of a ferocious and often vicious fight where losing is not an option. For if we lose, we will surely lose this country. You know that, I know that. If we lose, we will surely lose this country. Therefore, and I'm so glad you came to CPAC, as this is the place you must get involved. And the candidate of Steve Bannon, who you're about to see, what does that mean? What does that involve? Means it means action, action, action. And both Steve Bannon's war room and the beautiful CPAC that Mercy Slap and Match Slap have brought to you can help show you the way in concrete ways. I'm Peter Navarro. I will see you all on the other side. some fancy music you should also say you should also be thinking as you're leaving here if this can happen to me if this can happen to donald trump yeah do you not think it's going to happen to you and i heard uh i was wondering who had coined that term i think it was megan kelly in one of the clips i was watching yesterday used that term warfare uh, I'm, I'm sorry um I mean, lawfare lawfare yeah i'm like oh see, they're gonna be pissed at that too because they're like, oh, that's not even a word oh, i think it, it, it you're, i yeah i don't i think you're correct I, i've never heard the word i've heard the word before but only in this context but i think it's a terrible terrible word because for a lot of people it's very close to welfare which True. is you know whatever it's been an institution the country you know for what 60 60 years something um it it, it should be something like justice rape Right. That's what they should, instead of law, law. What the fuck does lawfare? It's a terrible. It's a terrible, weak, weak word. Yes, you're trying to weaponize the legal system, but lawfare. Yes. It, it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. Ever coined that? I want a bitch slap. I think it was it probably Trump. Some, so let's get him. Let's get him on the show. Well, well, <laughs> Anybody know the Donald? He might know, talk to us. He's one of those kind of guys. 
I'd love to talk to him, but uh, it's a terrible word. It should be something like the rape of ju- it's raping justice is what it is. So that's that should be some some permutation, combination, commu- uh, combination of those two words that people can understand. The uh, clip, um, uh, Captain Oblivious says lawfare now the use of international law to attack or condemn a rival country. So I guess that's uh, it must be around for a while in that sense, but it's weak. It, I mean, for what it's being used for here, definitely. Yeah. Definitely weak. Now, the last clip I've got at least brings a little comedy to all of this. All right. All right. Lewis Black, who is a big <sighs> liberal guy, but I like him. Yeah, he can be funny. I like his delivery. He's one of the first guys that I remember seeing years and years and years ago that just was doing, I guess, for lack of a better term, rage comedy. Yeah, it's true. He did. You're right. And he kind of uh, had his own little little cottage industry, I guess. And now I think he's a genius because I'm. I think he still goes out and performs, but he does on his social media YouTube channel. In that, he quite often his content is reading rants that other people send in, and it's like, well, this you don't even have to do. You're just reading. Your job is not reading. You don't have to write. Yeah, it's genius. Why didn't we think of this? Let's copy him. And somebody sent him in a rant on Washington politicians that I thought was, you know, perfect for today. This is from uh, Pat Casey. And uh, it's what in the actual fuck is going on with politicians in Washington and most states these days in the past 50 years, for that matter. It's both sides, too. No one represents the people anymore, and they're only looking out for themselves. Half of them freeze like a fucking 1990s gateway computer (laughs) on dial-up internet having a mini stroke waiting for their game of where in the world is Carmen Sandiego to finish loading. Wow, that's impressive, guys. I feel like they're all the original Nintendo where you had to blow hot air up the game's electronic ass to make it fucking work. Why are these people making decisions for us? Why are they making six-figure salaries and receiving full lifetime benefits when the rest of the country is getting fisted without lube? (laughs) They all say one thing to get elected and then get money from special interest groups to do whatever they want done instead. The rich politicians get richer every day. What we need to do is set term limits on all of them. their cushy fucking salaries when they only work two months out of the year anyway and make them all have uh, i love this regular jobs yeah so that their decisions affect them too time for an overhaul thanks pat yeah this time for an overhaul oh yeah yeah because you don't see the you know do you think nancy pelosi knows Anybody that has a whole freezer filled with Jenny's ice cream. Mm. I mean, it's delicious. It's way expensive. But do you think anybody that has just a freezer that's full of that? Joey had the same thing. You think they really understand what it's like to go to the grocery store and worry about the fact that the prices are going up? But they're all embedded like ticks on hounds, as they say, in parts of the country. And, you know, it's going to take more than an overhaul. Um, for anything like that to happen because they're all they're all 
they're all enjoying living the good life. Yes. You know, uh, they've got their, um, um, you know, they're overpaid. Um, they're over cosseted, over guarded. Um, and which, which of them is going to say, yeah, fuck the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> cut my salary. So I, and let me get a day job, uh, at a check stand at the grocery store. No, this is not going to happen, um, through an overhaul. They should be forced to do another job like one day a week. And the, the people yeah. of their, their, uh, constituents, they get to mm-hmm. decide what that job is. Is it garbage man this week? Is it shit picker upper at Disney world? I mean, yeah. they still have those, right? I mean, shit somebody's got to walk is good. Somebody's got to walk between those horses on the parade. Yeah. You know, um, there's a great quotation from Alfred Hitchcock, um, who they say was pretty brutal on actors. <laughs> and I think he was making, um, what the hell was the one with, uh, it takes a thief, right? Um, Cary Grant and Grace Kelly, right? It, and what a horrible location, the fucking French Riviera. <laughs> <laughs> and so Grace, she had yet to marry a king. Or a prince, it was Rainier. Rainier was, and I guess they were, you know, having dinner one night. And she's bitching to, to Hitchcock, that you know, I feel kind of like I should be doing something meaningful. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mister Hitchcock, I love starring in your movies and <laughs> the big money you're paying me, so. But I just feel like I don't know. Maybe I should be doing something more meaningful. And Hitchcock said to her, "Why don't you go to the hospital and empty bedpans?" <laughs> Similar concept. Yeah. And that's correct. And that's what these fucking Rajas need to be made to do everywhere from Manhattan and and state New York DA's offices and the Congress and the Senate. They're just fucking horrible. And they all need uh, to shovel shit, as you said. Yes. See, Brooklyn says, I'm not mad at rich people. I want to be one. I'm not mad at rich people, just rich politicians. Exactly. And no politician should be rich unless it's Trump. Unless they walk in rich. I mean, that's fine. That's it. Correct. If they walk in rich, that's cool. But if they get rich while they're there, not good. Nobody ever questions you walk. I mean, the, I think we covered this here. I did it somewhere on a podcast. It's hard to tell which Nikki Haley Mm. left office like a million dollars in debt and now is way millions. It's like, well, how'd that happen? You got to ask that question. I think. Got to ask that question. I know one thing she didn't make it doing, and that's podcasting. Woo. <laughs> this is a value for value show. Planet Rages. The show is not behind a paywall. Nope. You get to decide listening to the show. If you've gotten any cathartic rage out, did you mm. find some value? And if so, you get to put a number on it. Go over to planetrage.show slash donate. All of the information is there. Mm. You can use PayPal. You can use podcasting 2.0 to do Satoshis and boosts. And uh, there's a P.O. box address, all sorts of any choice you want. It's there. And if it's not there, let us know. Yeah. Coming in number one today. And it took some effort from him. So he's going to get a mention both here and over on random thoughts. Because Speedy Bubble. Speedy Bubble. He came in with a massive boost of one, two, three, four, five, six. Which in dollars, uh, just looked it up now is at like 67 bucks thank you i mean the way bitcoin's going up that could be a hundred bucks in like three minutes so you never know (laughs) i love it and your half went into your account which we've got to get albie account that we'll probably need to drain for you because it's getting some satoshis in there now yes yes and my half wasn't working and then he tried it again and tried it again and i'm like oh i and i had to just empty the wallet because even though it wasn't up to what they said their limit was obviously there are soft limits too so if you're a podcaster 
I don't know because I can't find the documentation. All I can tell you is by trial and error. And again, thank you for Speedy Bubbles patience mm-hmm. trying this a couple of different times. He tried my half of this split uh, and it just wasn't working, wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Once I emptied out the wallet, then it worked. So if you are a podcaster and you are using GetAlby, I'm going to start recommending that you don't even go up over four or 500,000 Satoshis and let it sit in there. You want to clean them out and make sure, because they were saying for a while that like a million was where they didn't want you to go over in the account. (laughs) And now it seems like maybe that's much lower. They didn't give me any error. It just didn't go through. So if people Mm. are trying to send you boost and it doesn't go through, then uh, this is a reason why. There is some validity to wanting to do it on your own, to host your own node. But as the fabulous Ryan Bemrose of Angry Tech News and Grumpy Old Benz will tell you, it is also not for the faint of heart. And you've got to make sure that it's running because then otherwise you also don't get uh, your Satoshis if your node goes down. Shit. Yeah. But I think Speedy yeah. Bubble, he came in with a note that said, hi, Ryan and Bandrew. Yes. I know you are Darren and Larry, but I chose to interpose your names before the word is completely canceled and removed from the lexicon now that Trump has correctly used it. I like it. And thank you, Speedy Bubble. And I still contend that I believe Trump has used that word correctly. Mm -hmm. I know there are still some people that will argue it. And I mean, maybe there's an argument to be had. But as we see with the language constantly evolving, I don't see that uh, what he did was anywhere near worthy of the scorn oh any reason i gotta look into this because there's three words that i know of that uh, have that as the the root there's interpose there is uh, juxtapose and then there's another called superpose and there may be more for all i know so i'm gonna have to really dig into this but it sounds correct to me and i did what you did i checked several i checked oxford i checked webster's webster's and uh, they all seem seem to me that trump was spot on with them so now is that what during a photo shoot supermodels do they do superpose no believe that that, yes they do (laughs) i'm sure they do but that is actually a term um i used to do a lot of shotgunning and uh was it remington i think remington used to make uh sets of of uh, shotguns in every gauge and they were called superposed um because i guess maybe they had matched grain woods or so i was never quite sure why they called them that but superpose was a kind of a a, a line of remington shotguns mm-hmm. yes and uh, the clip custodian says nice guys over at alby and yes i agree and they are very honest i just wish they would uh, either update their faqs I, I don't have a problem with the quality of the service i just need to know the rules and uh, mm. how much you can mm. keep in there and really? how much not i know they were working on like another level of because this is a free wallet I don't pay them monthly or anything like that. This is a free wallet that people can sign up to use. And I know they were working on something. I don't know if it'd be five, 10, 15 bucks a month. They were working on different levels where if you wanted to store more and do other mm, things, then I mean, I'm sure it's costing them money. And so far sure. they have been the most reasonable and the most reliable of any of the wallets I've had. So I'm definitely not saying anything bad, but in this case, it seems that there's a limit that they're not telling us about or something was happening because the minute I emptied out pretty much all of the Satoshis, then they allowed the boost to come in. So 
So maybe you could rig something like a twice weekly sweep to uh, just pull everything out. Right. Send it to a Bitcoin address or just send it into gift cards. Yeah. Bit refill is a good one for gift cards because you don't even have to put an email address. And it's awesome. You go in, mm -hmm. it creates the invoice. You buy the Amazon gift card or whatever you want. And right there in the browser after your payment goes through, you know, through the lightning network, it just gives you the code to go to Amazon or wherever. That's pretty cool. I got to get on this. I know you were busting my chops and deservedly so to get on the get out. But finally, now that I have a computer that's that I don't have to disassemble. Right. To take the battery out every day. Right. So 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 I got to get on this. And somebody also on X. um, you know, very nicely admonished me. They said, Hey man, I'm trying to throw money at you on fountain, but you have no apparatus to do this. I've, I got to get on this. So, um, yeah. Now CSB came in with 9,800 Satoshis. And of course he wanted you to read it because my voice is off. And I was listening to, um, both Megan Kelly and Megan Kelly, maybe not as much, but Jamie little, who is the female announcer of, the NASCAR truck series. And she's a pit reporter for the higher series has a very shouty voice. I watched an interview with her and Kenny Wallace. I'm like, but that's how people sit up and they take notice. You have to have the shouty voice. You do. It helps a lot. It cuts. And I can imagine, you know, you're, you've got, uh, you know, zillion horsepower um, uh, vehicles zipping by a 10, seven shouty. You need a shouty voice there. I would think in NASCAR. Yes. And oh, CSB, wow, the, right now, Bitcoin, that 9,800 is at $5.33. So, woo! Boom. That's appreciation, baby. I love it. All right, here we go. Howdy, Darren and Larry. Please tell your listeners to follow me on Twitter, x.com slash at CSB. And I'll send them $1 via Bitcoin Lightning. They just should tell me via DM their Bitcoin Lightning address after they followed me and for Bitcoin Lightning wallet, they can use getalby.com or any other. Yo, CSB. Paying people to follow you. Come on, CSB. Let well, them work do for it. Pac-Man. That's yeah, true. Really? <laughs> well, there, there are some, uh, was it Podver? One of those, uh, I'm forgetting which one, but one of the podcast hosts that, does the lightning that's part of the deal is you can have it streaming out just like people can pay us including our buddy sir sean of the allegheny valley who uh, came in and we should have gone to him after speedy bubble so i apologize sir sean he came in with twenty dollars and was also streaming some satoshis but like you can stream satoshis to appreciate the shows that you're listening to Mm -hmm. shows can also put a number like hey if you listen to our podcast We'll pay you X amount of Satoshis a minute. So you could pay really? people to listen to your content. Is that right? It's, wow. I know it's a weird world. It is weird. Well, thank you, Sir Sean. And maybe we need to get like, uh, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's pay Keith to listen to us. So we give him a fucking aneurysm. Uh-huh. That? Keith, come on, buddy. <laughs> you listen thought, to this, Keith. <laughs> you thought Megan Kelly didn't love you. We don't love you either. <laughs> we don't love you even more. <laughs> Speaking of love, Clip Custodian came in with 8,008 Satoshis. That's the boobs donation and comes in with this comment that just says much love. So there's a lot of love right. on the rage. Thank you, Double C. We appreciate that, too. Harv Hat came in with 3333, says entering the uh, rage dimension. The magic number. Thank you, sir. 
Sir Truck Driver, no comment, 3333. I'd say go listen to his shows, but I think he was taking a break right now. Okay, thank so you, Sir Truck Driver. Instead, I'll just say if you see the big rigs out on the roads, don't be dicks when you're driving around them. Don't don't jump in front of them. They cannot break quickly. <laughs> the fabulous Ryan Bemro says it would take a lot more than a dollar to convince him to go to Twitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, see, but here's the thing, Ryan. Write a bot create 20,000 accounts, have all of them follow CSB, collect $20,000. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You're, you can do it. You're the programmer. You <laughs> uh-huh. There we go. <laughs> Memes 1337 came in with 2728, says, leap boosting the split. To right. Sustain the rage. Mm-hmm. Quote, as our society gets more complex and our people get more complacent, the role of the jester is more vital than ever before. Please stop sitting around. We need you to make a ruckus. End quote. That is Seth Godin. G-O-D-A-N. Godin. Yeah. Keep raging, he says. Thank you, Seth. I'm going I'm to buy like uh, sh- uh, slippers with curly toes on them and a funny hat and a rattle and be a real jester. Thank you. The jesters always have the most fun. It would seem so. Phenonymous came in with a thousand. He says, don't listen to Planet Rage and that Larry show back to back. Hug a puppy in between. That's a good idea. Really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and if, if you want, Moose is available for a small fee. He'll let you hug him. In Maybe between. he's kind of a nasty prick. Remember, he's Parisian. <laughs> so, well, if yeah. you're a hot woman, then. Oh, yeah. He's, he's always down for hugs from chicks. Always. Yes. <laughs> Any guy tries to get close, you might get snipped. Exactly. And then we saw streaming sats from Dale Jr. I love that. I think 100 stillers. I think he was at 100 or 60. It was one of those. I think maybe it was Sir Sean that was at 60. Then also coming in with 20. And Dale Jr. came in with 100 per. And then Harry Pilgrim and Chad F. And oh, wow. there were a Thank few anonymous Dale, accounts. We appreciate everybody. These guys are great. Thank you one and all for listening to the show for telling people about the show if you ever run into keith oberman be like dude there's a podcast you gotta listen to man they love you i keep tagging him on on x but he never responds so (laughs) you'll you'll win when he blocks you that's when you'll know that's right yeah everything is okay Mm-hmm. just go over to planetrage.show slash donate all of the information is there if you can help support the show or all of the shows that you listen to support them keep them around value for value is a beautiful thing thanks to adam curry john c Dvorak for kind of figuring it out for the rest of yes. us yes and then the pioneers for- we do owe those guys and all those podcasting 2.0 folks for making all this stuff just work it's amazing you know even though we had the little issue with speedy bubble it's amazing that so much of these things just kind of make their way around yeah. the internet and they're coming to social media sites near you. That was the latest thing built into Noster and some of the other ones. I have to install something else for the Pleroma, but it's like if somebody now just, you can set it. So if you do like a, like, you know, like you would on your Twitter or on your uh, Mastodon, you know, your social media, you could do the like and have it automatically. If the person's set up for it, automatically have each like be like 50 satoshis or 100 satoshis so when you're doing a like you're like boom we're sending little bits of money around that's cool that's very cool no berets like aren't you done yet we're never done (laughs) that's the beauty of it my favorite song is midnight rider and believe me the road goes on forever and the party never ends Mm -hmm. 
And if you want more of the party, you go over to thatlarryshow.com. Do you know what is coming up this week? I do not, Darren. What do you got for uh, randomthoughts.com? I'll probably be bitching about the weather because I'm looking. I'm like, it's a little warm in the office. And I just looked and it's 69 degrees out right now. Wow. It's Man, like 75 cool. tomorrow. So it'll be like, I'll, oh. although it's by Wednesday, it's supposed to be back down to 39 for a high. Yeah. So still, I'm jealous of you. That's nice. Wow. Got the window wide open. So if there's anybody, I mean, with my shouty voice, CSP, if there's anybody within a block, they can hear the podcast just walking up and down the street. Yeah. But I will figure out that. And if you're not subscribed to both of those shows, random, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com and that Larry show.com. I never miss, miss an episode. You gave a great uh, parsing of uh, NASCAR and how the power's been throttled. And you're always, God damn it, I've never heard one episode where I haven't said, shit, I didn't know that. Guy knows everything. It's always good. <laughs> you pretend. That's all you got to do is pretend. And Bemro <laughs> says it's snowing there. So I guess that we're all oh. in different <laughs> weather. <laughs> it was, yeah, I saw uh, in Baton Rouge today was 81. How about that? Wow, that's not bad. Yeah. NetNet yeah. says, so Larry can place the name. It was Browning that had the superposed. I'm sorry. That's it. It was Browning. Thank you. Their yes. take on an expensive European over and under shotgun at the time. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll Another go. shotgunner. Well, I'll have to get out to the range sometime. Hey, well, Net, Net's a deep, when you're in Detroit, yeah. you need the shotguns. You need yeah, all the really. guns. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, you should also, okay, DigiGuru says you should drop your Wednesday or thereabouts now and just say you're going to post uh, sometime after midnight this Saturday so you could be the midnight rider. <laughs> I get it. I'm always kicking my own ass over that. But I'll tell you what happens. I give a very brief, here's what happens. I, I work on these germs of an idea and I kind of put together and I've got my, basically my outline and where I'm going. And then what happens like is around Wednesday, you know, when I think I should have this wrapped up by midnight, I get into them like this sucks. And then I do a, a, a you know, a, a U-turn and go into something else. And I just think, fuck it. You know, I'd rather, here's the old thing. There was a guy, a, a great uh, screenwriter, novelist. I'm sure you've all heard of him. Ray Bradbury. Right. Oh yeah. Fantastic. And, uh, he was uh, working in Hollywood on some, some uh, project, some script, and the producers kept busting his ass. You know, when I get out, and then finally some guy says, kicks in his door in his office says, we, we need that by Wednesday. I want that by Wednesday. You get it to my Wednesday? And Bradbury says, sure, I can get, I can get it to you. Do you want it? Do you want it by Wednesday or do you want it good? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so that's the way I feel. If I, I'm not going to, you know, I'd rather be late with something people will enjoy than you know, on time and suck. So sorry about that. Absolutely. And podcasts that aren't recorded live in front of a studio audience. There were 92 when I looked earlier. So very close to a hundred again for those. If you take the extra time when you need it, that's always been the beauty of podcasting. Yes. We are very much in a weird world because no agenda is one of the few shows that really became one that was scheduled for the same time twice a week. Most of the other shows that I had listened to, especially when podcasting was just kind of ramping up, like tell them Steve, Dave and these other ones. I mean, maybe it would show up every week, maybe every two weeks, maybe it was in 12 days. There was not anything set. Mm -hmm. And that was part of the beauty of it. So now we have ourselves on a a schedule that we put ourselves on. Bandrew will tell you it's bad. He's right. Bandrew is always right. He's very wise. He was in uh, while during the races were on 
he was in the, the uh, Jitsi for No Agenda, and CSB's like, oh, come talk to Bandrew. I'm like, I'm watching racing right now. <laughs> we'll make it happen. We got to get Bandrew on one of these shows, too, just for fun. That'd be fun. Good um, guest. And then we hope more, maybe more than 92 people would show up. <laughs> if you want to show up, do it again next week, Monday, 1 yes. p.m. Central on the mighty No Agenda Stream, noagendastream.com, trollroom.io, where Larry and I will lead another tour group of mm. Planet Rage. Until then, adios, mofos. See ya. U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Whole world going to shit.